Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody. Good to have your company and drama on the warm-up lap as you join us here at the circuit and around the world. Jeremy Shaw, down at turn 10, we have a car in the gravel. Yeah, it's car number 25, I think. Uh, one of the two uh, BMWs uh, has <coughs> apparently lost it and uh, gone off into the gravel. We talked about how tricky it is here in terms of uh, grip and building uh, temperature and pressure into these Michelin tires. But that car looks like it's embedded in a gravel truck. Not 100% sure where it is. It might, I think it might be the carousel, actually. It's turn 10, Jeremy. Yeah, okay, it is the carousel. Yeah, okay, cool. Yikes, not good. And it's, it looks like it's buried axle deep in the gravel. So uh, that's uh, a very, very disappointing start once again. Gosh, I mean, the... That's uh, Conor Di Filippi. It was the other car that had the problem on the, on the very first corner at Watkins Glen. We're at Road America, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. It's a four-mile, 14-corner circuit that was carved out of this beautiful, green and pleasant countryside in the mid-1950s to take motor racing off the public roads after a couple of nasty accidents. It's changed virtually not at all in those almost 70 intervening years, except for the fact that it was repaved last October and November. Huge, huge undertaking. Uh, incident, uh, incident areas at turn one, down the hill to turn five. And, of course, coming back round up that long run to the start-finish line. Well, hello, everybody. John Hindoff, Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam for the IMSA Sports Car Weekend. And what drama we've had this morning already with the pole-sitting car going off in uh, morning warm-up and requiring a complete rear-end build-up, sterling work by the Wayland Engineering Cadillac team to get that car back onto its grid spot. And then on the formation lap, the BMW number 25 of Conor de Filippi sliding off and the entrance to the carousel and beached in the gravel, which may just mean that we delay the start of this race. Should say, by the way, the Wheel and Engineering ca uh, the Cadillac team did get that car back to its grid position, and the team crediting the hard work and speedy work of the AMR safety team and the IMSA recovery team to get that car on the flatbed and back into the paddock area because there was so little time. And quite simply, they said, if they had not done their job so well and so efficiently, we would not be back on the grid. The car has been was held in the pit lane to allow all of the other nine GTPs to go through. It'll be eight now, of course, with Conor de Filippi uh, so now just getting back to speed. So we are expecting to see that number 31, red and dark grey, wheel and engineering Cadillac with Pipo Durrani, the very fast Brazilian driver, sitting in behind 
the Proton competition number 59, Jimmy Bruni. Uh, and that is the debut of that car in the WeatherTech Championship for the Porsche 963. And that is exactly where he is sitting as we come around the far side of the circuit. So just got uh, confirmation from Race Control. Thank you very much indeed uh, to the guys there, particularly Paul Walter. The reason the car doesn't have to start from the pit lane and serve a drive-through is because it was ready to take the formation laps. I thought it was a recon lapse they had to be, uh, they had to make, but it's, it's, as long as they're there for the formation laps, it's okay. But it's starting, it, but it's starting at the back of the GTP field. Yes, but right. but does not lose its championship points. And I, 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 I'm, I, it's what I've been told. Okay, so, so they are still at the moment as it stands. They are leading the championship by dint of capturing that pole position yesterday. Yeah, they were already ten points ahead. Yes, and, and they extended it their lead with okay. that pole position. Well, we are not going to be going green that time around, which is probably just as well, because we've got the uh, explanation in. Our Porsche keys to the race. Stay on track. That's not been as easy as you might think with professional and experienced racing drivers this weekend. It's been a bit of a one-groove track after very heavy rain on Thursday. Really washed out any uh, of the... Uh, rubber that had been laid down there over the months that this new surface has been put down. This track is evolving very quickly indeed. And with multi multiple classes in all five of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship classes are here this weekend, that groove is opening up every single four-mile lap that we complete. No penalties. It's a long pit lane here, and it's very fast down the front straight. 45-second transit time. You won't lose a lap here because of the length of the circuit, but what you will do is lose a lot of real estate to your competitors. The teams have been... Well, some of the teams, most of the teams, if not all of the teams, have been scratching their heads a little bit in terms of how they are going to run this race strategically is it a fuel limited race is it a tire limited race basically if you went down 45 cars you'd probably get 22 and a half on each side of that we will have to see how that plays out and yellow flags at opportune or indeed inopportune moments may well play into that so keeping an open mind for the strategy up and down pit lane today. And finally, on our Porsche keys to the race, traffic, 45 cars. Yes, it's four miles around, but all five classes are working to their own strategies, to their own championships as we head into the clutch part of the season. And therefore, you have to be patient, you have to be mindful that other people that you're coming up on if you're in the faster classes are having their own battles. We'll be looking to award our BDO Nose Strategy Award for the team whose reading of the race and strategic nous gives them the best finish. Might not be the winner, could be someone who maximises their opportunity. And we'll be looking for one winner out of the five classes uh, this afternoon when the race checkered flag comes out. And we'll have a quick chat about the race the check and flag ends the race but starts our conversation with our michelin post race tech to come hashtag michelin prt at imza radio well drama upon drama upon drama all this week already 
fantastic job by the Wheel and Engineering Cadillac team to get people to Rani's car onto the grid. The penalty is effectively now going to be eighth position for them. No drive-through, as you heard from Jeremy Short. And that is because uh, we will have behind that car, uh, we will have the BMW that went off earlier on. Well, that's it, Jeremy. Now, we've had plenty of drama. Let's uh, nip off for a cup of tea and call it a day, shall we? Good heavens, <laughs> we haven't even had a green flag yet. I know. It's, it's, it's been a crazy morning. And, yeah, as you say, 10 o'clock, just after 10 o'clock in the morning. But um, I think we've still got every present to correct. Just. The, uh, the BMW, they're taking up position at the... Very back of the Very field. Very back of the field, Not yeah. being allowed to come through yeah. GTDs. Should mention, by the way, kind of we bizarre. are into the two hours and 40 minutes. So when our safety car came through and passed us here on the start-finish line last time around, the laps, uh, or the time at least, because it is a timed race rather than a lap race as ever, uh, they have started to count down. So the clock is running, and Conor de Filippi with his own thoughts at the back of the grid. Um, he'll be making a few passes early on. That might just change their strategy, as might this early yellow flag. Looks like the blue Corvette safety car lights are out, so expect that car to accelerate away. Now, what I'm interested to see is, will we get a side-by-side -side start? Yes, we are. So although, so that basically, that was start delayed so that we do have the side-by-side -side start and it will be Matt Campbell on the front row on his own as he comes up the hill. He's now in charge of the field. The Porsche Penske Motorsport number seven, the one with the black pinstripes, brings the car. Oh, big lock up by the BMW of uh, Connor, of um, Philip Eng there as they came to the line. Dragging the left front wheel. Green flag is in the air and we're racing. Two hours and 36 minutes of the two hours 40 to go as we go green for the first time. And down at the first corner, it is the 963 of Matt Campbell who has claimed that first position. He had the front row to himself with the absence of people to Rani who's already picking his way through. He's gone around Mike Rockefeller in the bright yellow banana boat. That's what they call it. JDC Miller Motorsports. Number five, similar Porsche to the one that's in the lead. Here come the GTs, led across the line by three GTD Pro cars. Alex Riveros for Harter Racing, Aston Martin, battling with Jordan Taylor. And right in behind, Madison Snow, who was in amongst those GTD Pro cars. Paul Miller Racing going to GTD Pro first uh, first uh, uh, into the top class of GTD, the GTD Pros uh, next year. That uh, revealed exclusively by John DeGeese and sportscar365.com this morning. And we welcome them then next year to the top class of GT competition here in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Through the carousel for the first time at speed. And how is the BMW getting through the field? as the spin for one of the uh, oh, second-class prototypes. Jerry Kraut has gone around in the 85 and gets the car fired up. That is just coming down the hill to turn number eight. And the decayed LMP3. Ah, got help. There was help there from the number 30 leash here of Ari Baylog. 
uh, and those two cars coming into contact there. So the AWA car has gone around. Ari Berlog for Junior 3 in the yellow and uh, red car continued on. Shea Adam, AWA scrambling in the pit lane. So they've obviously already been speaking to Jerry. We had uh, different teams, John. Uh, the 13 AWA car, which came into the pit lane with Ori Fidani behind the wheel, that was a planned stop. They took the green flag in the pit lane, in effect, because they wanted to change their tires off the qualifying tires, but they didn't want to forfeit the championship points. So they brought Ori in right at the start, put him on some new sticker Michelins, and sent him out. Read nothing into that. No problems with AWA. Thank you, Shea. So that strategy playing out very, very early on. At the front of the field, Matt Campbell by 1.6 seconds over Sebastian Bourdais for Cadillac Racing. Harter Racing and Alex Riberos leads uh, for Aston Martin. Madison Snow has dropped down a position because the FAF Motorsport Klaus Bachler car has gone through. But he still leads GTD, and that's the important part in terms of the class. We have that incident involving... Those two cars down at turn number eight under review. So Jerry Kraut being spun around and the number 30, Ari Berlog, that's being looked at at the moment. And uh, Jerry Kraut brings that number 85 car into the pit lane, damage to that left rear corner on that car, the uh, bodywork, the cheese wedge part of it. Ironic for Wisconsin was uh, was torn yes. off that car, so uh, they're ch they're changing that. The number 25 BMW has finally got past all the GTD uh, cars and GTD pros, uh, but he's already 20 seconds behind the, the rest of, of the LMP3 cars. So Conor D3P still got a lot of work to do to catch up to the field. Massive international audience as ever, literally spanning the globe. Hello to Jesse Young, who's in New South Wales, tuned in for all things. Imza, Alan Prosser uh, in the UK, in Wales, or just outside, sorry, over in the Cotswolds, aren't you, Alan? Excuse me. Uh, tuned in, uh, says, looks quite full. It's absolutely packed here. And another BMW problem, just coming out of the kink. Now, that, I think, is the same car that's gone round again, coming through the... GT field, and that was always going to be the problem, well, wasn't it, for Conor De Filippi as he fought his way through? He was clear of the GT, GT field, all of them. He, I, I'm, uh, I'm sure he, he passed the last one coming out of turn three, going onto the back straight. So, uh, you know, to, on the run to turn five. So, I think I'm pretty sure he was on his own. Oh, dear. It is not. Well, I, you know, talking to the teams, I mentioned this in Michelin Countdown at Green, and I didn't pay it off, actually. Talking to the teams and the manufacturers, uh, different GTP teams are reporting slightly different things, but all saying that is multiple laps, on, even on full tanks, before they get their tyres up to temperature and pressure. Uh, for some of the teams, as many as eight laps, eight laps, that's 32 miles before they are getting full performance from their tyres. And that's at racing speed, not behind the, the safety car. So... Those couple of slow laps will not have helped them. We are in our second full course yellow. This is a short yellow, Jeremy, which means that we won't get the pits opened. Yikes. <laughs> Way too much drama for the uh, for the beginning of the race. And uh, do we have a, here we go, replay of, whoa, yikes. Oh, it's just an understeer down yeah. at the kink. 
talking to the drivers right through this weekend. The kink's always been challenging here. It's even more so. He was indeed in front of all the GTD mm. runners. And the problem is, if you've got any lateral load as you transition from the new surface onto the kerbs, you've got no grip whatsoever. And that was really just throwing the car at the scenery there. A very unusual mistake. Two mistakes early on by Conor de Filippi, well, who's been talked to uh, by the safety team. Again, John, a factor of exactly what you were talking about. It takes several laps to get the the heat, the optimal uh, pressures and temperatures into these Michelin tyres. And uh, up until that point, there's just not a lot of grip. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fantastically fast corner, that one. And so, uh, it's, it's, it's treacherous at the best of times, so particularly when the tyres aren't fully... Temperature is one thing, pressure is another. And Jeremy, you make a good point there. They go hand in hand. That is an extremely quick corner. And what I saw there as the car was skipping sideways to the left is the car grinding out. And so if you haven't got the complete full racing pressures, effectively that, that, that changes your ride height, doesn't it, Jeremy? And we've seen how close these GTP cars have been running to the ground with, with dust and sparks coming off the bottom of them and committing to the kink there and maybe getting pushed offline by a little bump or two. That, again, could be a direct, direct influence from not having enough pressure in the tyres yeah. and heat uh, to allow you to go full uh, full speed through some of these extremely high speed and high commitment corners yeah exactly right and uh, right well we can catch a breath I guess uh, a little Sh bit now the GT, GT cars just coming past here Shall now I'll tell you what we'll do let's have a VP yeah. racing in race update All right. Good uh, idea. starting with GTD yeah. uh, where Madison Snow has been passed by uh, a couple of GTD Pro cars. He won't mind that at all. He still leads GTD. Well, no, do you really? You've got symmetry now in terms of the, uh, the colours on our sc or scoring. Pretty much, yes, yeah. other than those who have, have had problems. So it's Madison Snow, the pole sitter, who leads. Blender and Reeves had a great weekend so far and continues it in the number 70 McLaren, the 720 GT3 Evo. He's in second place from Mike Skeen, who had a big accident uh, earlier on in the week. Some redemption for Mike sitting in third place uh, at the moment in GTD. In fourth, and we're all behind the safety car, so I won't give you any gaps. There's no point. Roman De Angelis for Aston Martin and for Heart of Racing. The Lexus, Vassa Sullivan, Frankie Monkey Calvo, the number 12 is in fourth. And making up the top six, the BMW of Patrick Gallagher for Turner Motorsport. In GTD Pro, five cars running line astern. Aston Martin Vantage GT, Alex Riberos from pole position for the Heart of Racing. Won both classes last time out, Heart of Racing. We'll be looking to repeat that today. Corvette in the hands of Jordan Taylor, the bright yellow number three is in second and the WeatherTech Mercedes AMG for Daniel Jukdea is in third position. Very much home ground for WeatherTech of course with their global headquarters just down the road. Lots of guests here. Then it's Lexus number 14, then it's Porsche for Klaus Backler. Yeah, so the Corvette already moved ahead of that WeatherTech Mercedes into in, second place. Indeed. So it's also been some movement in LMP3, but not for the leader, Nico Pino. He started on pole position. Pichoy Garg in second. Third, the number 74 Gar Robinson. 
Uh, fourth, these are all Ligiers, by the way, the number four of uh, Seth Lucas. Uh, and in fifth position is the first of the Decanes. That is the number 17 of Anthony Mantella with Ari Berlog uh, having that contact earlier on, but still in sixth position. And LMP2 movement there as well. Ben Keating in the wins car. The Orica number 52 has fought his way through. Not a happy qualifying session for Ben. Uh, and uh, he... Normally, he's battling at the front of the field, but he's made good uh, on the limited green flag running we've had. He's ahead of Rodrigo Salas for Tower Motorsport in second, and George Kurtz, our pole sitter, has slipped to third in this early running. Early running it is, though. Stephen Thomas, TDS Racing. What a weekend for TDS. They had to build not one but two cars after almost identical accidents coming out of the carousel and heading towards the bridge abutment, coming out of 13 before they got to the king. Both cars very badly damaged. Both cars back on the grid. Dennis Anderson finds himself in... Uh, fifth position for high class racing running a mostly white livery this weekend Dwight Merriman in fifth for Aero Motorsport in the number 18 blue car and John Falve in seventh seventh for John Falve in the TDS racing car the other repaired car and in GTP it's Matt Campbell who leads from what was effectively pole position qualified on the outside of the front row but didn't have anybody alongside him Sebastian Bordet is second for the 0-1 Cadillac that's the gold fronted car Colin Brown in third for the first of the Acuras. That's the white, pink and black car. The MSR machine, number 60. Nick Tandy is the best of... Uh, sorry, the second of the Porsches, the number six car for Porsche Penske Motorsport. Uh, that is the team car to the one ahead. The seven car has the black pinstripes and side stripes. The six has the white. That's how you tell them apart. In fifth position, the number 10, uh, Cunningham and Alta Acura, ARX06, Philippe Albuquerque, that's the black and blue car. Philip Eng for BMW did have a little bit of a lockup as he was coming to the start line, I think. It was either he or the uh, Acura. Couldn't quite tell which one it was. It was a light coloured car, but they're both still running well. Mike Rockenfeller for JDC Miller Motorsports in the bright yellow number five, his seventh. Uh, people, I thought people had got past him, actually. So let me just have a, a look on there. Yeah, people did get past him, but Mike must have regained that position. He has got, people has got ahead of Jimmy uh, uh, Bruni, though. I don't think he did, John. Um, and he might not have been at the line, but uh, he, he was certainly ahead of him going down to turn three um, when we saw the first shot. Um, and Jimmy Bruni in the 59 Porsche in ninth position. Problems and... Big problems for the BMW M hybrid of Conor de Filippi. Off on the formation lap, dropped to the back of the grid. Fought his way well through the GTD uh, field and then went off at the kink. Has hit the wall, that car being recovered at the moment. Also with issues, Jerry Kraut back out of the pit lane uh, in the number 85 decay. Uh, that car with damage after an incident with Ari Berlog. And at the back of the field as well, but not with a problem, with a strategic move. They didn't want to lose their points from qualifying, so they, but they did want to get off their qualifying tyres. It is a rule that you must start the race on the tyres on which you qualify, otherwise you take a penalty. Or if Adani in the AWA Duquesne number 13, now then at the back of the field as well. But they have slapped on a new set of Michelin tyres, of course, which will uh, push them. I, I dare say there was a splash of fuel involved there as well. Push them a couple of laps or so further into the race and also give them a grip and therefore performance advantage uh, in this early running. Delighted to say that we have a guest in the studio whilst we are still under 
uh, yellow flag situations. And it's a, a man who should name, need no introduction uh, to our audience on TV or on radio because it's uh, uh, the man at the head of United Autosports, at least one of them, uh, Richard Dean. Welcome to, uh, welcome back, I should say, to the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and to Road America. How are you doing? We're doing very well, yeah. Nice to join you. And we'll be seeing a lot more of you next year. Uh, yeah, probably every weekend. So we we're <laughs> going to come with two cars and join full season. Like you say, we dropped in the odd race in uh, IMSA before, but never a full season. So we're excited, yeah. We're going to come with two LMP2 cars. For the full season? Full season. Now, obviously, you can't race those cars in, in the FIA WEC. Was it a difficult decision then to look over here at some of these racetracks and some of these challenges and say we want to go back there and, and keep the band together, as it were. Yeah, I mean, it's not a difficult decision to come to IMSA, isn't it? The racing's amazing. Circuits are amazing. You know, it's a new challenge for us and for the team. Anything new is exciting. Um, it's really motivated all the team that uh, back at base that were doing the World Endurance Championship when we talked about IMSA. Um, it's really energised everybody. And, you know, you come to these races and you, how can you not love it? How can you not love this place? Not travelling, though. It is a lot of travelling, but you, know, you look at the grid up and down here, I mean, in particular, we, we've got a lot of drivers who have been driving for United Autosports currently and previously that are here in the race and commuting backwards and forwards, and you guys as well. It's not unusual, is it, to be uh, hopping on a plane coming backwards and forwards. Uh, does it make logistical sense, though, to have some kind of satellite operation over here to run that, Richard? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're opening a base here. We've got a little base in uh, Florida at the moment, but it's not enough. It's not big enough, uh, substantially enough, to run a full season operation. We've got we've had a race trailer out here for a while since we ran Daytona when we had Fernando Alonso and Lando Norris in our car back in 2018. Uh, but to, to, to run a full base, we're, 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 to run a full season, we need a bigger base, and that's what we're working on at the moment. We've, we've been travelling around over the last few weeks, looking at bases in the obvious places, Indianapolis and Charlotte, of the motorsport sort of hubs over here. So we're, we, uh, we'll have that open by the end of the month. I presume by the end of the month, that's just the way you guys work in Yorkshire. Let's just get it done. Yeah. Let's just get it done. I presume you were here uh, on Friday, um, particularly to be here on Friday for the announcement of the calendar. What do you reckon to the calendar for next yeah, year? Yeah, great. I mean, I don't think there's a huge amount of surprises. Obviously, a lot of the, uh, for, for LMP2, a lot of the venues stayed the same. I think they just switched uh, Laguna Seca for Mossport. And I think it's great that it's going in the direction of more endurance races. You know, personally, I'm you know love the endurance races so to add an extra six hour race there um you know it's where it's what we all well, you know, we're brought up on the endurance races and uh, the more the merrier for me and you get to be the main show the top class at canadian tire motorsport park now i've seen some criticism uh, on the socials about that but i reckon we're going to have probably 10 12 possibly even more top class lmp2 cars you guys are going to put on a show well, I mean, I hope we're going to put on a show, yeah. I mean, you know, we're not coming here to just take make up the numbers. And like you say, numbers are going to be big. I think one of the biggest problems that IMS are going to have is uh, deciding how, how the grid's formed because I think it's going to be oversubscribed. It's a popularity of racing in IMSA. I mean, you know, driving in today in the crowds, but also the entries, It's uh, everything seems to be sold out. The way LMP2 now is, and you've got plenty of experience as a team with LMP2, going back to its current, the start of its current iteration. As it is now, there's actually not that much you can do to the car. So it's actually quite pure racing in racing terms. The strategy's got to be right. The drivers have got to be mistake-free. Uh, that is, in some ways, an even bigger challenge for you guys. 
You're right, it's difficult to make a difference as a team because everybody's got access to the same kit and equipment. It's not like you know what we're watching here today in the GTP category with all the different manufacturers and, and the different solutions that they've come up with to, to get onto the grid. But you know everybody's got access to Orica and the, the Gibson engine and the same tyres, so it's harder to make a difference, which comes back to the drivers and you know pure racing. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why the categories have been so popular, in my opinion. And you are going to definitely have... Uh one Leisure on the grid uh, next year as well. Stay with us, Richard. Uh, great to have you in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre. We've gone back great and a great jump by Matt Campbell as he has headed off down towards turn one. Behind him, Sebastian Bourdais for Cadillac Racing. And then it's side-by-side -side action. Nick Tandy and Colin Brown disputing third position. Colin Brown holds on to it. Nick Tandy dutifully drops back in. Left, right weaving through the bright yellow number five of Mike Rockenfeller right in behind Philip Eng, people Durrani uh, in there as well, battling at the tail end of the field as they come through. Also, the number 10 car uh, in that is Philippe Albuquerque, who's dropped a couple of positions on the restart. Down towards turn five, and Eng moving over on Mike Rockenfeller. Rocky is getting his elbows out, and there was a little, little contact there, a bit of hip and shoulder. Eng moving right to the left-hand side of the track as they came down the hill into turn five, and Mike Rockenfeller was already there. He yeah. squeezed his way through. Not sure that uh, that was a smart move by Philip Eng, particularly still with two hours and 17 minutes to go. Rockenfeller's gone through in the GDC car. It was the runoff turn three that started this. Rocky's across there, and there's a, well, there's a couple of moves whilst the... Bright yellow, you can't see, didn't see it, can he? I mean, let's be no. honest, it is, it is bright <laughs> enough uh, in that yeah. part of the circuit. They've both lost out a little bit. The number 10's gone through, Philippe Albuquerque, and I think people Durrani went through as well as they went up under the Corvette Bridge to turn number six. Bit early for that kind of thing. Richard Dean with us in there. You'd have been talking to your driver about that, remind them how much, uh, how much time there is left in the race. Yeah, it was a bit late, wasn't it? I mean, it was a bit of a late move. He was already committed, so I mean, he was struggling to get out of it. But, yeah, you, you, you're right. I mean, there's too many incidents already. How easy or difficult is it to calm down a driver when they're in the thick? You've been a driver yourself and uh, with a, a, an awful lot of success. What is it that you guys can do on the pit wall just to try and bring the temperature down a bit and try and get in the heat of battle, try and get the guys to get back on plan. I'd love to tell you that we were successful at bringing the heat down from the drivers, but quite often we're not. I think it's inbuilt in them. They've got the red mist or not, and uh, I don't think there's much we can do on occasion <laughs> from the pit wall to change that. I, I suppose I suppose it's better in some cases having it that way than trying to rev them up when you really need them to do it. Yeah, exactly. You don't want them to be asleep. You want them to fight, and that's what IMSA racing is all about, isn't it? It's cutting thrust, elbows out. A lot of people watching and listening in the UK and Europe at the moment at IMSA Radio if you want to get in touch with us. Early day, still two hours and 15 minutes to go. That incident between Mike Rockenfeller and Philip Eng in the Porsche, the bright yellow Porsche and the BMW GTP cars under review from race control. Uh, we'll wait self, for that. Self-policed, in my uh, in my opinion, uh, on that one. I think uh, Rocky Ro yes. made it perfectly clear he was planning to come down the inside and not once but twice... Uh, Philip Eng tried to close the door that was, wasn't was really already closed. So uh, I think he came off the worst of it. And um, and uh, I think he, 
yeah, he lost several positions out of it. He lost more positions than Rocky did. So, great move, I think, by Rockefeller, quite frankly. Oh, he's, he's, on, he's absolutely on top form at the moment and it's loving his racing. Uh, Ari Berlog, by the way, has picked up a drive-through penalty ah, for that contact right. with Jerry Kraut in the 85 Duquesne earlier on. That was down at turn eight, if you remember, when those two came around. Jerry ending up pointing in the right, wrong direction. Uh, and uh, did, did he get a wave by in that car? No, he didn't um, so he's still a lap off the lead there having had to come into the pits for a little bit of bodywork uh, remedied uh, a little bit of bodywork damage being remedied Matt Campbell out in front by two seconds Porsche coming alive in qualifying and the race this weekend really hadn't shown very much in the early practice sessions at all First and fourth at the moment for the seven and sixth guy. In between them, they've got Sebastian Baudet for Cadillac and the Acura of Colin Brown in the GT categories. Still Madison Snow leading by just six-tenths of a second. There's a huge line of cars behind the red, white and black BMW number one. And in GTD Pro, it's still Alex Riberos, Jordan Taylor, Daniel Hürgedea, and then Jack Hawksworth and Klaus Backler battling for honours there. Yeah, great stuff, really. Now, now hopefully we can settle down as a proper racing. Whoa, Jack Hawkins was way, way, way wide at the exit of turn one. He's got to be careful he doesn't get to do that too often. He's going to get uh, race control on his back for the track limits thing, which I hate, but whatever. Um, interesting, a few interesting things. First of all, uh, Matt Campbell, he's just set the fastest lap of the race at 1 minute 50.360. For reference, the old DPI lap record was 51.0. So we're already three quarters of a second quicker than the best lap that was set actually back in 2020. The fastest lap last year was a 51.6 by DPI cars. Uh, the, these DPI cars, um, uh, excuse me, these um, GTP cars are much faster on the straights, about 310 kilometers, which is about uh, 193 miles an hour on the straights, which is a good 10 miles an hour faster than the DPIs used to. They're slower through the corners, but a good bit quicker on the straight. Yeah, a little bit heavier, make the lap times in a different yeah. way, as Jeremy said there. And that's, that's an extraordinary time this early in the race with so much VP Racing Fuel still on board and still in the early stages of development. So these cars will only get faster. So next year, watch out lap records. 149.962. Uh, how appropriate for a Porsche driver. And uh, Matt Campbell playing the corporate game there. Only driver in the sub-150 bracket. He's not yet caught the back of the field and the traffic. He's got uh, probably about a third of a lap. He's just going through turn six and uh, through the kink of turn seven. Now heading down to uh, down through Harry Downs to the left-hander before the carousel. His first car he's going to come across is a single... Uh, is the single car of uh, Ari Berlog, who is has just come out of the pits, having served his drive-through penalty for that contact. Danny Junkadea, fastest lap in uh, GT3, GTD Pro, that is a 204.894. In the other classes, Ben Keating, who leads LMP2, has the fastest lap there with a 55.1, and a 2 minutes .366 for Nico Peño, for Sean Creech Motorsport. Um, I, I've just had a tweet, Richard, from uh, McLaren Philadelphia, who says that uh, Philadelphia is a great option uh, for a, a base to go racing. Well, we haven't signed on a lease yet, so I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put you in touch. <laughs> Got a bit of spare room there at, uh, at Philly. Brilliant. 
149.962 as we say and that is now two and a half seconds at the front of the field but the GT battles go on and down at turn five the GTD uh, arm effectively or pro-arm car the number 12 uh, Lexus just running a tiny bit wide there for the Vassa Sullivan car with Frankie Montecalvo. He was disputing third, fourth, and fifth there with the Mercedes of Mike Skeen and Roman D'Angelis in the Aston Martin GT. He's lost a bit of ground, and now we'll just have to get his head back down and start chasing back. In fact, he's lost a couple of positions as well because uh, one of the BMWs has gone by him. Let's go to Shea Adam, who's got an update on Conor de Felipe's number 25 BMW GTP car. I just went back to the garage to check on it, John, and after getting word from Nick Galloway that the boys were trying to fix it, it is still being worked on front and rear, but Conor de Felipe is nowhere to be seen, and last I heard, he was in street clothes. Wow. It's curious. I mean, that, that's the car that's second in points coming into this weekend. They had a bit of luck on their side last time out uh, for these cars uh, in the, the, the most recent race at uh, Canadian Time Motorsport Park. They were kind of off the pace there. They struggled that weekend, that, that weekend. but uh, a full course caution brought them back into the fray and they finished in third position, which is a great result. Uh, but uh, this weekend, it's not gone the way of that team at all. But the other car's running reasonably well. Filipeng uh, has just worked his way past Jimmy Bruin. Did you just mention that, John? Yeah. The the other thing that was interesting to me, Ben Keating clearly didn't like qualifying fourth, did he, in LMP2? No. Because he, he moved very quickly to the front, as you said earlier on. And he, he's been stretching his lead over... Uh, Stephen Thomas in second position. Although actually, Stephen pulled back uh, three or four tenths on that last uh, on that last lap. But those two pulling away a little bit from R Rodrigo Salas, who is uh, remaining ahead in third position of both George Kurtz, the Paul Sitter, and Dennis Anderson. And now that Philip Egg has got past Jimmy Bruni and got a bit of clear track ahead of him, he's just put the fastest middle sector of the racing. That's the longest timing sector that we have here. It runs from just uh, 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 off the edge of turn one, of the exit of turn one, all the way down to beyond the kink. Uh, and a 67.6 there, and, a fa and his fastest lap of the race, 149.923. So he's now the second driver to get a sub-150. So Eng, in the remaining BMW M Hybrid V8, the number 24 car, picking up the pace there and beginning to move through the fields. People Durrani with a fast lap for him as well, a 50.6. Remember, started at the back of the GTPs despite qualifying on pole after that incident with Alexander Sims this morning lost the back end of the car heavy contact with the concrete barrier on the outside driver's right of turn 13 super work by the EMR safety crew and the track services and recovery crews here at Road America and from IMSA and that credited that speedy and efficient work credited by the team with giving them enough time between morning warm-up and an early start to this race to get that car back out onto its grid position and not take too much of a penalty. Pit lane caller then was the number 79, Daniel Hunkadea, driven Mercedes for WeatherTech Racing. Shea Adam is down in the pit lane watching on. 
This will be a very quick and efficient stop because all they are doing are fuel and tires. Danny drove in this race for the WeatherTech team last year, actually. They are coming in early. It looks like they want to get off those qualifying tires and maybe get Danny into a bit of free air, but also might they be back timing to the end of the race? Two stops from here. I would not put it past them. It's a very clean stop. Danny hits his marks, and these are slightly scrubbed Michelin's going on, but they still have full life in them. Absolutely, Shay. That, that is the plan. They can get to the end from with just one more stop from here. So uh, I, I'm sure, assuming there's no problems, that was absolutely planned to get them out. Uh, they, they'd lost a position at the start there to the Corvette. And uh, now we'll see what sort of lap times they can do. In uh, They are going to have clear, clear track ahead of them. So it's going to be really interesting to see now, what sort of times he can turn. Now, I'm interested to see who follows them in now because we're keeping an eye on what's going on for our... BDO, No Strategy Award. Uh, the team who does the best in terms of picking the right way through this two hour and 40 minute race. In some ways, you're sort of gambling now if you're any one of the other four GTD Pro cars led by Alex Riberas in the Heart of Racing Aston because that is still a very quick car, although it's lost a bit of real estate and dropped halfway down the GTD field. You see how quickly Danny can switch on those Michelin tyres. That's going to be the key. But when he does, he has an advantage. So can you get in and out now whilst he's still struggling in inverted commas, relatively speaking, and therefore hold your position and uh, use the performance you've got in your tyres now to try and hold that track position. That's what they'll be thinking about. How many more laps dare we go before they come into the pit lane? Well, they've gone past us now, and all of the GTD Pro cars have continued. So much going on on the pit wall, as well as behind the wheel at the moment. It's now 3.3 seconds at the front of the field. That's actually come down by three tenths of a second each of the last two laps from Addy Campbell to Sebastian Bourdais. Uh, in fact, uh, the, 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 the zero one, number 60 and number six have been tied together battling for second position. But as they work through the traffic, a little bit of gaps have opened up between those cars. Philippe Albuquerque, he was as much as six seconds behind the, uh, the number six car, which actually... Uh, yeah, excuse me, behind the number six car, but he's closed in a little bit over the last couple of laps. Uh, Peter Durrani has gone around Philippe Eng. Uh, they both got past Jimmy Bruni slightly earlier on. So Durrani moving forward to seventh position. Yeah, he's been in that position for a while, yeah. but uh, but uh, Philippe Eng is closing in on Peter right. Durrani. That's of course. The, that's the thing. Uh, half a second behind him now. Yeah. Spot on, Jeremy. Thank you. Uh, a 53 last time around. As the traffic begins to take its toll, traffic giveth, traffic taketh away. One of our Porsche keys to the race, dealing with traffic, having to be patient at certain parts of this track and finding that fine line of risk and reward, particularly in places around the track where there's only really one line. And that's what Sebastian Bordier is having to do now with Colin Brown and Nick Tandy trying to close in on him, Colin has got the sight of the dark grey hind quarters of that Cadillac V-Series R as it cuts through the GTD traffic through the final corner and climbing the hill. 
Colin just held up for a moment or two as he was trying to get the power on from that V6 uh, Honda engine. Accurate engine, excuse me. Into the pit lane for the GTD Pro leader. So that is covering off then that early stop from the number 79 Mercedes with Danny Junkadea. The question would be, have they got enough? Oh, there's been a problem for Nick Tandy. Nick Tandy has dropped down the field. He's had a problem at turn 12. Shea Adam has the erstwhile leader in GT3. The 23 Heart of Racing class winner at Lime Rock Park, actually overall race winner at Lime Rock Park, is in fuel tires and Ross Gunn's turn to drive already. Now, two pit boxes, three pit boxes further up from them is the number six Porsche. They have been on the wall awaiting Nick Tandy for three laps now. So I wonder if maybe he was supposed to come in, got the call at the wrong part of the track. 23 stop is done. We still see the action up on the six wall. Now Tandy has made it back to the lane. We also see action on the wall for the number three Corvette. So look for them to come in this lap around. No movement from either Faf or the 14 Vassar Sullivan Lexus. Oh, Tandy's got a problem. Right rear, John. Yeah, yeah, right I, rear is down. Yeah, I, I, th I think he had a, either an off-track moment or has picked up a puncture elsewhere. And he's been struggling slowly back to the pit lane. The Porsche Penske Motorsport team go to work. And this, well, this is what we talked about in our Porsche keys to the race, Jeremy. These things can happen. Your, your strategy here has to be flexible. And they're now crunching the numbers to a different plan. Yeah, I mean, that cost them quite a, lot of a long time coming into the pits uh, slowly with that puncture. So it's cost them a fair bit of ground. Whoops, there's a spin for the number 57 of Russell, Russell Ward. Ward. Was running ninth in GTD. Just coming out of seven. the carousel and uh, that's been uh, is that out of uh, seven or is that oh yeah you might be right actually oh he's re reversing on the track yes it is out of the kink at seven coming down to hurry downs at turn eight good spot jeremy and he has damage on the right rear damage on the right rear of that car now cause or effect what we didn't see we see him spinning and recovering but there's I am not a suspension engineer, I think it's fair to say, Richard Dean, but the uh, the caster, camber and tour on that uh, right rear Michelin didn't look right as Russell was trying to get off the grass. Yeah, it wasn't optimum, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely pointing in the wrong direction, so he's struggling back round now. So the team will have time to know what is happening, and he's got to try and get this car back, but rear steering car like that you never know when it is going to snap sideways on you he's put his four-wheel flashes on as well that's very considerate of him now is it just a flat tire i think it's more than that if i'm honest Cheer adam you've got more pit callers in gt Championship leaders in GTD are into the lane. Robin DeAngelis stays aboard, gets sticker tires and a lot of fuel. It was a bit of holdup on the right rear on that stop, but other than that, Roman is back out to completely clear track ahead, but he did come out in front of the LMP3 leader. Just getting some news from around the circuits. You are at eyes and ears, of course. Wade Hayes Racing. Thank you, Wade. Nice to have your uh, inputs on at IMSA Radio. The Nick Tandy car was struggling as far back as turn five on that last lap. So if that tyre was going round, he's done half a lap uh, with an issue. And as Jeremy said, that's cost him an awful lot of time. Dropped way down into the GT... Actually, just in front of the GTD Pro 
So in the middle of the LMP3s at the moment. What can you do, Richard, when something like that happens? Clearly that's not as planned. You get a puncture or some kind of problem. Do you have scenarios mapped out where you say, right, if we are going to come in on lap 17, this is what happens after that? Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty sharp brains on the pit walls here that have planned ahead and, you know, they've got the optimum strategy, but they've got a plan B, plan C, and you just have to adapt, you know, and it's a, it's a lot harder in a short race like this to, to, to get the time back, um, but they'll be working out now if they drop him into, you know, change drivers or whatever at the same time, you know, depending on what the drive time is, there'll be a lot of uh, calculations going on. And also, of course, if we do, as by the way, uh, Russell Ward's made it back in, uh, in the... Winwood Techmet sponsored AMG GT3. Of course, if we do, um, if we do get a, a yellow flag and a reset of the field, of course, he does get put back to the back of the uh, the GTPs because we split split the, uh, the the fields here again. That's something that you guys are going to get used to. That's not how it works in in the WEC. No, and you know it's one of the attractions here that you know it depends which side of the the rule you're on. If you're leading and you know, suddenly everybody else gets a wave by and, and, and to back of the queue and you built up a, a big lead, you don't like it. But uh, what I like about this is you, you've always got an opportunity. There's always a chance. You never give up. You're always pushing hard because you just don't know what's going to come and there's, there's, a, there's a chance to get back in the race in him, sir. And particularly, as you say, the longer races, you've got experience with United Autosports of the Rolex 24 at Daytona. You can go a couple of three laps down early on and, and it's not like you want to say let's pack up and head to the pub yeah and, and you know alternate to that is we, we, we did Le Mans one year a couple of years back and our car was out at the first corner in a gravel trap and we lost two laps getting out of the gravel trap and we did 24 hours and we were still two laps down yeah. and you know I think the, the, the gap to the race leader just stayed the same for 24 hours it yeah, was a long much. 24 hours yeah that's what, that's what I love about this racing it, it brings I mean f from a fan perspective Richard it, 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 it you have opportunities. It's not a given, but you have to you have to work the opportunities to get back in contention again. Yeah, when you like when you take that. the predictability out of it, it's exciting, exactly. isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. you still got to work the strategy and yeah. be aware of what you're doing, and remember that. All oh, right, if if we don't come in with everybody else here, we'll get the wave by, and and that'll get us one of our laps back. And so you've still got to have your head screwed on as far as things are going. Just under two hours to go. Richard Dean from United Autosport has joined us in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre here on the front straight at Road America. America's National Park of Speed. And here's our VP Racing in race update with the Porsche leading the 963, the number seven from Porsche Penske Motorsport, Matt Campbell, with a seven-second lead on Sebastian Bourdais for Cadillac Racing. The 0-1 gold-fronted car is in second. In third, Colin Brown for Myershank Racing Acura. The number 60 car is another two seconds further back. And Philippe Albuquerque is in fourth in the number 10, the black and blue Koninger Minolta Acura. That's uh, another seven seconds away from the similar car of Colin Brown ahead of him. Mike Rockenfeller making his way through the field in uh, still a relatively unknown car to JDC Miller Motorsports. Porsche 963, just a couple of races in to its IMSA career uh, with that team. He's ahead of uh, Philip Eng, the bright yellow Porsche, then ahead of the multicoloured BMW number 24. Then it's the people Durrani, what was the pole sitting car, remember? The, the red fronted Cadillac with that grey hindquarter as they all have. The wheel and engineering car 
is in seventh position ahead of Jimmy Bruni in the number 59 brand new to the series brought on competition 963 that's the car that was at Monza made its debut in the FIA World Endurance Championship so that team have had to change the the uh, series scrutineering and technical loom before they could race here not the work of a moment but they've done well and that car basically Harry Tinkle telling us early through the weekend look this is Monza 2.0 it's almost an extended rollout for that car problem is nobody tells Harry and Jimmy that do they really well, yeah no Harry told me exactly the same I saw him this morning and he's so excited to be back in the IMSA paddock uh, I, I don't mean he was beaming he's, he, he's greeted me warmly which was really cool because I haven't seen him for a while obviously he said last year he couldn't bear to watch these races uh, because yes. he knew he wasn't going to be racing here this year however he's been glued uh, to the TV and listening to the commentaries uh, on all the races just trying to gain as much information as he can to, to, to be ready for here so uh, you know, as you said just a test session for that team but hey don't count us out is what he said seeing some pit stops in uh, LMP2 and LMP3 that suggests to me Shea Adam that minimum drive time has been made just over 45 minutes of the race having taken place and all the cars staying out on the track for the entirety of the time means that all these ones coming to visit me are perfectly on time the 93 Acura is the one that rumbles by me that means it is time for Ashton Harrison to get out of the Acura and for Super Mario Farmacher to take over Brendan Arib with a great opening state in the McLaren for now fires the car back into life, but instead of Brendan, it's Frederick Shandor. Fuel and tires for them. Fuel and tires for Anthony Mantella getting out and handing over to Wayne Boyd, a guy who uh, you should even be quite familiar with. We've had Misha Goikberg out of the Lamborghini, and now that is Laura Spinelli driving the car for the first time since Friday. It is Catherine Legg aboard the Gradient Racing Acura there as well. And the Volt Racing Porsche into the pit lane. Trent Hinman has already jumped aboard that car. He has taken over the 77 Porsche. We've got Alec Udell into the 90 two for Kelly Moss with Riley Porsche and Rexy's in the pit lane, but now Rexy, instead of being driven by PJ Hyatt, has been taken over by Sebastian Brio. That was the sound of an LMP2 car. That was the number 35. John Falb started it. Guido Vandegarda is into the end. Shea Adam reporting from the pit lane live here at Road America as we have uh, just over an hour and 50 minutes to go. Richard Dean from United Autosport with it. It's taken uh, 47 minutes for this to come in on at IMSA Radio. Ash Davis asks you, Richard, any plans for United Autosport to join Hypercar or GTP? Well, I've got plans, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been pretty difficult to, to, to get everybody onto the same uh, enthusiasm that I've got. <laughs> we, we really want to be part of GTP, Hypercar. Um, there's not too many opportunities. It's hard to really push the door open at the moment. But we're, we're, we've been close and we're in conversation with a couple of manufacturers. And, and you know, I'm, I'm still optimistic. I think it will happen. So your plans, yes, you've just got to get a manufacturer to align with your plans. Is exactly, that what you Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just not playing at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I think we're, uh, we're, we're in a good position and we're pushing hard for it. The credentials are all there as leader of GT uh, D comes in and Madison Snow is out and that's Brian Sellers getting into that car they're going to be in GTD Pro next year that uh, news coming out via Sports Car 365 this morning you're in a good position everybody knows what you can do you've been battling against and beating some of the teams who have graduated to GTP so in terms of the the PowerPoint presentation or the deck Richard you've, you've got everything that you need including the facilities up in Yorkshire Oh, we, we think so. It's um, you know we moved into a new facility 
three years ago, 62,000 square foot, and with, with everything in mind to, to do a manufacturer program. But, you know, it's a lot of this in sport and uh, in motorsport in particular is about timing. We've just got to be in the right place at the right time, and opportunity will come if we just keep doing our job, keep winning races, well, it'll happen. Was part of the decision to come to IMSA and steer racing prototypes at the uh, at the LMP2 level, was that part of that process? Because presumably you could have taken on a, a GT3 or, or a different programme back in Europe and uh, and in the uh, if you wanted to stay in the uh, FIAWEC, you would have had to take on a GT3 programme. Yeah, very much so. And, and, you know, partially as well that, you know, we feel that, you know, our, our competitors like Jota and WRT have stepped up to a manufacturer program. So they've shown that they can do it. Um, so our, our World Endurance Championship team, we wanted to keep very much together. Uh, we didn't want to scale down and disband it because we we're, we're a, a short step away from being manufacturer ready. So into the pit lane, more of the P2s, including the leader, Ben Keating, pits the wins car. He... Now, Let's see if he does get out, because he doesn't always just do his own uh, 60 minutes minimum time. Right, OK. Shea Adams just uh, speaking to me in my ear. Shea, go ahead. I misspoke earlier. Gita Vandegaard is not aboard the 35 yet, because minimum drive time is one hour, 60 minutes ah. in the LMP2 class. So it is still John Falb. Uh The 11, Stephen Thomas just came in. Left front, no damage. So all these cars that are coming in now in the LMP2 class by and large are doing fuel only. Maybe a slight tire pressure adjustment. The 11 is doing new tires though because of that damaged nose. We've got our remaining two GTD Pro cars into the lane. The number three Corvette is now Antonio Garcia. They did a driver change. The number, is that the number 12? I think it is the uh, GTD car. Frankie Montecalvo has jumped out. Aaron Teelitz, hometown hero, has clambered aboard. And that will be that pairing for the rest of the race. We've had fuel for the number eight tower motorsport car as well. Uh, two cars just got very close to me sitting on the pit wall. Uh, it was Frederick Shandorf and Roman DeAngelis coming all the way over to driver's right up the front straight. And a bit of consternation going down to Turner Motorsports as all three of the GTD BMWs were into the lane. It was Brian Sellers who took out Paul Miller, but it was Bobby Foley and Bill Oberlin who took over the numbers 96 and 97 respectively. So we've got one of those mind things where two former co-drivers for a very long time are now out on track the exact same time. As finally into the pit lane, Ori Fidani in that number 13, great opening stint for the AWA driver. He's handed over to another one of the drivers that we know very well, Matt Bell. Uh, the awful season for Windward Racing and the 50 car, 57 car continues after that incident for Russell Ward. That car now behind the wall and officially retired jeremy new fastest lap indeed so by and not for the first time by the race leader maddie campbell instead by the fourth place car philip albuquerque who's uh, fallen quite a long way back i mean the, 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 almost a 10 second lead uh has just come across the line again as maddie campbell to complete that 23 9.3 this the gap this time between first and second it came down just a little bit on that on that last lap to sebastian bourdais in second position uh, for the last several laps, Colin Brown's been about two and a half, two, two seconds or so behind in third position, and then a gap back of about four seconds now uh, to uh, Philip Albuquerque in the second of the accuracy. The accuracy third and fourth, uh, and then uh, not far behind them is, is, is Mike Rockefeller, who's doing a really nice job in that JDC car, number five, running in the fifth position. And um, over the last co course of the last several laps, he's pulling away now from uh, Philip Eng, who is keeping Pipa Durrani behind him. Actually pulled away a little bit from Pipa on that last lap as well. I think Pipa might have had some traffic, perhaps. 
but uh, it's really interesting to see how the gaps are changing between those GTP cars at the front of the field, but it certainly looks pretty comfortable at the moment for Matt Campbell in car number seven. Uh, LMP2 pit stops going on, and I'll just have to confirm this by eye the next time they come across the line, but I think CrowdStrike Algrave Pro Racing have turned that car around and got George Kurtz back out in no, the lead. No, he hasn't pitted yet, I don't think. I'm pretty uh, sure he hasn't he's, pitted yet. He's on an outlap now. Oh, he's just come in, has he? Okay, yeah. fine. He's fine. on an outlap now, fine. and I, that's what he, made me look to fine. see well, where he came in a lap later than, than the other guys. I mean, they, they, again, they haven't met, met the minimum drive time quite yet yeah they came within about two minutes of it didn't he but, he's, uh, he's ahead he's ahead of ben keating on the circuit they're just coming yeah. down to turn eight now well, so that so that's a great job by uh, by algar pro racing stewart and sam cox's team and also by george kurtz because you for, you remember earlier on he was stuck behind the kind of eight of rodrigo salas he pulled away he put he passed salas quickly caught and then overtook stephen thomas for second position so george was absolutely flying before that pit stop uh, stayed out lap longer than Ben Keating, and as you say, uh, you know, good out lap, good in lap, uh, and he's man managed to make, get, get back into the lead of that class effectively for the first time. Ori Fidani, we were told before the race to watch out for an early stop from you guys. That was a great strategy call from the box, though, Trevor and the guys. What was it like being out there on sticker tires when everyone else was on the old rubber? Bit of fun. Bit of fun. First uh, couple laps were trippy, getting them up to temperature, but after that, it was all out trying to trying to catch back up to the field and the yellow helped us out a little bit and it seems like now we're back in it it was a good run for you and matt bell here last year do you feel like you learned a lot last year that'll help translate to this year yes definitely uh just been getting better and better with more seat time in the car and i'm having a blast it's gonna be a lot of fun next year in the gt corvette too yes it will Good luck the rest of the race. Thank you. Yeah, that was another big announcement earlier on this week. AWA with two GTD Corvettes. So that's four Corvettes in the 2024 season. Two in the Pro Class 2 in GTD. And we await to hear the driver lineup, but you'd expect Ori to be... Uh, part of that we're cycling through pit stops in all of the classes other than GTP where it's still nearly 10 seconds between Matt Campbell in the number seven car coming to the top of the hill right now and passing us he'll just give us a little wave as he goes by I'm sure yep there he goes across the line down into turn one in the traffic again as he goes past uh, one of the two Acura NSXs uh, this weekend because uh, Mario Farnback is behind the wheel of the Racers Edge car, sitting in behind Catherine Legg in the number 66 gradient car. A new best lap of the race for Maddie Campbell, not the fastest lap because that was set by Philip Albuquerque a couple of laps ago, but a 49.8 there for Maddie Campbell. Uh, that lead wow. now from first to second out to 11.5 wow. seconds. Uh, the that gap was two between, seconds on the last lap. Yeah, exactly. The gap between second and third is is 3.1, which it was last time around as well. Uh, and they're just big gaps behind that. Five seconds, five seconds, four seconds. So they really strung out these uh, GTP cars. Uh, and I think Jimmy Bruni must have had a problem a couple of laps ago. His last lap time was okay. But all of a sudden, he's, th he's 30 seconds or more behind the number 31 car. So I think he must have had a spin a couple of laps ago. I missed that. I missed it, but... Still only three drivers under 150. The leader, Matt Campbell. The fastest man, or the fastest lap set by Philippe Albuquerque in the number 10, Acura. 
and it was Philip Eng, wasn't it, with the other one? Yes, it was in the 24 BMW. Lots of light colours on the timing screen. That's what happens when drivers get new tyres. And the shake-up sort of complete after the first pit stop. Nico Peño going very, very well indeed. In the leisure that leads LMP3, he's ahead of all the P2 cars, so presumably he hasn't stopped yet. No, he hasn't. Uh, so he's going pretty long into this race. The battle between George Kurtz and Ben Keating. Well, got to give some credit to the Algar Pro Racing CrowdStrike team. He's, he's turned around and now six seconds ahead of Ben Keating on the racetrack. That is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. And he pulled away a half a second on that last lap as well, did uh, George Kurtz. Ah, except that it was too quick a pit stop in terms of ah. fuel refueling time. And that will be a drive-through. Failure to had here. There's a, a mandatory minimum full refueling time. And then everything works pro rata off that. And the 0-4 car has not met it. So that is a costly mistake. Our Porsche keys to the race, no penalties. So all that hard work to get that track position, and he's going to have to come through the pit lane. It's a 45-second transit time, one of the longest, if not the longest, on the IMSA circuit. What we can't tell you is how little or large an amount of time they were short by. Those sort of, sort of things, very frustrating, Richard D. when you think you've got everything just right and you've worked the strategy. Yeah, explains a, a lot how they jumped them. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, frustrated, and, you know, the margins are small here. But, I mean, looking in one eye on the LMP2 field here, a real credit to TDS here because they had two cars written off pretty much yeah. and worked overnight to change a tub, and both cars are... The, the drivers, John Falb in particular, haven't done many laps here, and they're both still in the game. Also, the number eight car getting the same penalty for the failure to adhere. That's the P2 of uh, Rodrigo Sales. Yeah. And I did see a warning as well for the Acura number 10. Uh, that was uh, basically using too much power. Uh, we were talking about that, that, uh, th that wiring loom that the guys from JDC Miller had to transfer over from WEC spec to IMSA spec. One of the things that that is measuring is how much power is going out through the rear wheels. There's a torque sensor on the drive shafts at the back, and that has been monitored in real time by IMSA Technical. This is all part of the new way of looking at balance of performance for the top class, not about what goes in to making the car performance, but what is actually coming out and driving the wheels. And uh, that has pinged up a warning uh, in in the control now uh, with uh, just on uh, what have what did we start with tell us it's a bit, it's spot on an hour isn't it so spot on an hour with a little bit of yellow flag and Shea Adam we're starting the GTP stops and we're starting in a yellow kind of way we are the yellow submarine is into the pit box we can't call it the yellow banana boat because it's not really anymore but JDC Miller Motorsport into the pit lane as they go through right Right behind me on the front straight, that was a bit exciting. Uh, it is Mike Rockefeller out. Time and Vanderhelm has taken over this car, and he will stay aboard presumably to the end of the race. Also into the Bentley, the 24 BMW. It 
looked like Philip Bang might have gotten out and Augusta Farf has taken over, but to be honest, I was more captivated by watching the wheels that were going on the car because they are shiny new Michelins. Those are not scuffed in. So that might be a little bit tricky for the driver taking the car out of the pit lane, waiting on the fuel and energy replacement to be done for the number five. That has completed. Now waiting on the 24 to roll out as well because they came in line astern with the Porsche ahead of the BMW. They leave with the Porsche well ahead of the BMW as the BMW actually is issues getting fired back up and rolling, still sitting stationary in the pit box, not moving. Now we get a bit of a burnout life in the car. Porsche's gone. And now the BMW triggers the RFID reader behind the leading Porsche. Action in the pit lane as ever. And the we do love the burnouts in IMSA. Oh, and off the circuit right in front of the BMW number 24 as it was rejoining. Now, who was that? Because I think that might have been the leader going wide at turn one. As no, they uh, came was it? out. No, was it? Oh, wow. Um, otherwise, the only other car that was near at the time was... Uh, I maybe the number 20, the Dennis Anderson. Uh, it was maybe the Dennis Anderson high-class racing. I saw a car with red and white on it. Here comes the 0-1 Cadillac in the pit lane. Sebastian Bourdais is getting out here, Adam. Ranger van de Zander taking over, and they are doing new scuffed Michelins for Ranger, very lightly scuffed. Also into the pit lane, the number 10. It's Philippe Albuquerque's day done. Ricky Taylor's turn to go play as he jumps aboard a race car for the first time since his birthday. Happy birthday, Ricky. And he is getting also slightly scuffed Michelin tires. So so good to see that they are doing the exact same thing on both of these two cars, even though they're different manufacturers and different uh, principles for how to go quickly. We are waiting on the fuel and energy replenishment for both of the cars now. The crews having knocked it out of the park with both of their services. The Cadillac moves first. Let's see when the Acura goes. Still waiting on the Acura. Still waiting on the Acura. Oh, gosh, that was a big difference between the two of them. Oh, and I have just spotted a wild Felipe Nasser up on the wall, fully helmeted, so I would expect the leader to be coming in here shortly, too. The gap was about the same there between those two as they left the pit lane. It was about six seconds uh, before they came into the pits. So Philip Albuquerque had been uh, making a little bit of time toward the number 60 car and number one that, oh, one that was ahead of that. Uh, here's a pit stop now, finally, for the G uh, LMP3 leader. That's Nico Pino taking service from Sean Creech Motorsports. That car's gone a long way into the race. Top two in the pits. Porsche 963 of Matt Campbell finally at the end of 29 laps is into the pit lane. And he's going to be sad that his stint is done because he loves driving around this place. Two times winner, one time second place for Matt Campbell as far as his resume goes for Road America as he hands over to a one-time winner and pole sitter, Felipe Nasser. This is the one Porsche that hasn't had all the accolades so far this year. Only the one podium, but the sister car got the win. The seven wants to set that right. They are now just waiting on the fuel and energy is also into the pit lane. A couple boxes behind them. The number 60, Meyer Shankrink, Sing Acura. Two wins for them so far this year. It is Colin Brown out and Tom Blomquist has taken over. No, he is not racing in Nashville today. To uh, all those people who believed it, he is racing here at Road America, trying to do better than he did last year, which was a fourth place finish. The Porsche rumbles back down the pit lane and now they're just waiting on the energy for the Acura. Great sounds of the cars here at America's National Park. Speed, you're listening to IMSA Radio. 
87.9 FM around the circuit, Sirius XM 207, and around the world on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Richard Dean has been with us for this uh, early part of the race. We're going to let him go and peruse the, the paddock. Richard, thank you very much for, for being with us. Uh, next uh, big event for United Autosports. Um, well, we're actually doing a historic... I'm staying in the States, so we go to a historic race, Montreal Historic, oh, at Laguna Seca, so we're running a few cars for my friend and business partner, Zach Brown. Uh, we've got three cars out there. So oh, go on, the tell us race. what they are and make me really, really <laughs> envious. So we're running uh, a Williams FW07, which is the World Championship winning car from I've Alan seen Jones, that car. You tested it at Snetterton the time did, I came over did, to see yeah. that. Yeah. World Championship winning car from 1980. Wow. And uh, we've got a Formula 5000 car, Mario Andretti, Formula 5000, Lola T332, the Viceroy car, quite a famous car, Formula 5000, uh, most so successful 5000 car. car. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's the other car we've got there? I should know. This, <laughs> shouldn't oh, a Can-Am car, McLaren Can-Am car, of M8, course. M8D, All right. which we've just finished restoring, so oh. he's going to have some fun. Oh, well, wish you all the best with that. Um, you're far better over here than uh, in weather terms than what's going on back in the UK at the moment. Yeah, thanks for letting me join you. Had fun. You've got a great view here. I'll be back. I uh, will see you back uh, next year at the very latest. Have a good rest of the season. Best luck in the World Endurance Championship. As a little mistake there for the Conington Minolta. Accurate down at turn number eight. Ricky Taylor. Unusual from him to make an error. And just went wide, gathered the car back up again and continues on his merry way. Yeah, that could be a costly mistake. You talked about it earlier on, didn't he? Not making didn't you, John, not making any mistakes? And that was one from from a Ricky again. We've talked about it all all uh, all day. Yeah. Uh cold tires, it's really, 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 really tricky. Uh clearly uh, Ricky thought it was only really tricky. Yeah. Uh, so he, he, he was a couple of reallys out and he was off the road and that's cost him quite a few seconds. And uh, Philip Albuquerque had been flying before that stop, but uh, he was still a long way behind the race leader who's about 12 seconds to the good. Interestingly, the number 31 car of Pipo Durrani having been running along there in the seventh position, he managed to do one more lap than everybody else. Uh, he's quite a long way behind, but it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, translates into into the gaps as this next stint unfolds. And there is number 31 car out of the pit lane and passed mm. by the number five. Uh, and, um, yeah, but not the 24, which is interesting. So, Time and Van der Helbe is, is on a charge here. Where's number, where's the BMW? Quite a long way back by the looks of it. So that must have been a slow stop, I think, for the number 24 car. Yeah, that's car had uh, a bit of a problem getting the car fired I'm hearing from Shea uh, finally into the pits Jack Hawksworth in the Lexus uh, and handing over to Ben Barnicott uh, they were the I think the last of the GTD pros to come into the pit lane Shea Adam that is correct. Fuel tires and windshield tear off, as well as installing Barney behind the wheel. And that service is done as the Lexus rumbles back off the pit lane and into the race. I'm actually at the pit box right next to them because Pippo Durrani has just gotten out of the number 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac. And I want to find out from him. We know what a good job the crew did to rebuild the car aesthetically, but performance wise, we need to find out how the car was handling. That's Pippo, how did the car feel as a driver after the crew put it back together? Yeah, well, first of all, amazing job by the crew to be able to get into this race, so kudos to them. Uh, 
Yeah, the car was in great, obviously. We couldn't even put the car on the patch before before going into the race, but you know, EMSA, look at what's going on in the race already with some of our competitors, so you never know until it's uh, until you hit the checkered flag. So uh, trying uh, the best we can to bring this car to the, to the finish line. Hopefully it will stay together. Um, and hopefully we can take some good points uh, home and focus on the next uh, two races. Good luck. Very nice of Pippo to talk yes. to us before he'd even debrief with the crew or gotten on the radio to tell Alexander what he should be expecting. Turn down at the bottom of the hill at uh, turn eight, causing problems. Also, turn six, the leader this time running on in the number seven, Felipe Nasa, now behind the wheel of Porsche Penske Motorsports at 9.63. Yeah. And that was just a little lockup again. Uh, just taking him, what, a car's width, car's and a half's width off the circuits. That will have cost him a wee bit of time. But that lead did get well out over 12 seconds, Jeremy. Yeah, no, 16 uh, over the number 60 car. It was, it was 12 seconds over zero one before the zero one car came into the pits uh, a lap before the number seven car. So that gap is about the same now as it was. Interesting to see what it is this lap after that little mistake from Felipe Nazarby's last lap time, which is his second lap out there, was a 56-6 for, uh, for, for Felipe Nasser. How lovely to have Richard Dean here, yeah. by the way. And do you get the feeling he's, you know, he's been around. He's done a lot of stuff. They've won Le Mans in class a couple of times. You get the feeling he's genuinely excited to be here for a full season next year. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and same sort, exactly the same reaction as I got from Harry Tinknell a little while ago. I mean, he's so thrilled to be back over here. Uh, and you, know, you confirmed like what, what, what you, you told us earlier in the weekend that you know, the car that's been brought over here that made its debut at Monza, that'll be the car that stays it's here. So, uh, so you know, he's, he's really excited that, that uh, you know, they hope to be competitive in the last couple of races. Tell you what, who is competitive? Timon van der Helmer oh. in that number five car. I put a fourth position for that JDC Mellon Motorsports team, uh, which is a fantastic effort. Speak, speak to those guys at Watkins Glen. And what seemed unbelievable to me was that they were getting absolutely no help whatsoever from Porsche Motorsports uh, in terms of setups or, or feedback or anything. I couldn't believe it. And that was confirmed by, to me by... by some other technical people yesterday, actually, um, so that they're on their own, these privateer Porsche teams. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, very. Uh, all of them, uh, I think. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, know, they're, they're yeah, running beautifully at the moment. I mean, Romy's 23 seconds behind the race leader, but number five car is going really, really well, and that youngster is uh, oriented to the group. His last lap time was, uh, you know, a couple of tenths away from the lap uh, set by Felipe Nasser. I'm actually quite shocked by that. Yeah, um, I was it's, it's not the Porsche Motorsport way normally. No, not the old Porsche Motorsport way. Ah, well, way. yes, fair enough. Um, I shall I shall do some digging into that when I get back home during the week. Uh, you're listening to IMSA Radio. We're live trackside. An hour and a half still to go here. What a race it's been so far in all of the classes. That's with the first set of pit stops over for all the categories. And before we start the second set for some of them, let's give you... VP Racing in race update. We'll start at the top of the shop with Philippe Nasser. He's just gone across the line in front of Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindoff, who are watching on with bated breath for half the time here. There's so much going on. Huge crowd of cars 
going through. Philippe Manassa then by 11.8 seconds. The number seven Porsche from the gold-fronted Cadillac in second. Then the Acura, light-coloured Acura. And the, yeah. the uh, 31 yeah. cars just got off at turn 12 oh, at uh, the Canada corner. And Tom Bronquist is closed quite rapidly on Renger van der Zandt. He was three seconds behind, then 1.4 seconds behind. Whoops. Uh, that was a that was the uh, WA yeah, car the, going the off at, car. at turn six. Matt I Bell. think we'll get a confirmation on that. Let me quickly run through these this order for you. First to second, eleven point eight seconds. It was turn one, in fact. Excuse me yeah. uh, for the number thirteen AWA. At least I got the car uh, right, if not the area of the the circuit. Deep in death of breath for everybody. Uh, in that garage at the moment for Matt Bell. Unusual mistake for the tall northeasterner. NASA from Wenger van der Zander, Porsche Cadillac from Acura and Tom Blomqvist. 12 seconds between the top three. Then another 11 seconds back to Tamman von der Helm for the fourth place running JDC Porsche. Then Acura for Ricky Taylor, the number 10 car. Sure, any of and probably only the number five, the yellow car of the top five, has not been off the track yet. Um, and in sixth position, Alexander Sims is now installed into the number 31 car. It's going to be a long day for them, the hour and 26 minutes that remains. If that car is not handling to their liking, very frustrating for racing drivers when they know that there's more to come from the car. Just wonder if there is anything they can do at the stops to sort of mitigate it and make it a little bit easier to drive for Alexander. Nick Tandy is in seventh position in the white-striped Porsche 963. Puncture early on, halfway around the lap. Cost that car time and distance. Augusto Farfus in the remaining BMW number 24. It's Connor De Filippi who had the problems earlier on in the number 25 car. We've not seen that car back out again and finally Harry Tinknell is in ninth place for the WeatherTech car so just a little run on ah. and in fact a spin down at Canada Corner that's where the time went for Felipe Nasser looked like he was struggling oh, to get the car stopped car, think, it? Uh, for excuse me for yeah. um, Alexander Sims uh, in the 31 car he's having a difficult day isn't he Alexander Yikes. Unusually. Yes, absolutely. However, he's just set the car's fastest sector one, so he's bouncing back at the moment, down at turn five. And in behind him, he's got Nick Tandy. Yeah, Those two charging. know each other well. Tandy, after that puncture, Nick's really, uh, really good at bringing the tyres back in. And it might seem as though that car hasn't got, watch for it at the next pit stop, hasn't got pace straight out of the pits. You really need to be careful bringing these tyres in, particularly on the Porsche. And Tandy now then beginning to stalk the Cadillac number 31, which was the Paul Sitter. Quickly run through LMP2. Ben Keating has caught and passed George Kurtz. Was there a problem for that car then? The George Kurtz? Uh, just the, the drive-through. Oh, uh, the drive-through, yeah. of course. My apologies. Well remembered. He'll be pitting shortly. So he, he lost 31 seconds then with the drive-through. Uh, or that's the net loss as it is now. He was five seconds ahead. He's 26 seconds back now. Stephen Thomas in third for the rebuilt number 11 TDS car. Richard Dean very much impressed by two 
rebuilt cars by TDS. LMP3, Joao Barbosa in Sean Creech Motorsports number 33, the Stars and Stripes car, is in 16th position overall and leads the class for Ligia ahead of Colin Noble making his LMS debut. LMS. IMSA debut. Just, I've just fallen through a hole in the space-time continuum there. Uh, the 29 car in second and is five seconds ahead of Josh Burden for the number 74. The Riley uh, yellow and blue machine. GTD pros at the moment, top three, the 79 Mercedes AMD, Daniel Juncadea ahead of Corvette by about three quarters of a second. Antonio Garcia in that car and Ross Gunn, they were leading for Harter Racing from Paul down into third, but there's only a second between all of the three. And in GTD, Brian Sellers, not sure that number one car has been headed, even through the pit stop cycle, to be honest. And the Paul Miller Racing BMW by round about half a second from Ross from, excuse me, let's look at the, the right line, around uh, about 3.7 seconds from Roman De Angelis, who's got half a second on the McLaren 720S of Inception Racing. That's your VP Racing in-race update with still one minute, 22 to go. And Shea has some pit calls. Thank you for that lovely background noise, Ben Hanley, as he has now taken over the 04 crowd strike by APR entry from George Kurtz, who was the starting driver. Dwight Merriman favorites this track. He feels that his pace is closest to Ryan Dial when they run at Road America. That's been part of their advantage to winning the last two years in a row for Aero Motorsport with the bright number 18 uh, Motorsport uh, Blue, I think was the color that he told me. They did a windshield tear off, fuel tires, Dwight got out. Razzle Dazzle has put for Ryan Dial in this car to the end of the race. Fueling is done, and now Ryan gets going too. I think, dare I even say it, that pit stop might have been faster than what we saw from CrowdStrike. Now the pit board waves, and Ben Keating will also be coming into the pits this time around for PR1 Matheson. He will be staying in the pits, finally sharing his toy with Paul Lupchaton, as well as four new tires and a lot of fuel. Battle for second, coming through, turn number six underneath the Corvette bridge yeah. for the Cadillac of Renga van der Zander and Tom Blomqvist is right in his wheel tracks now. They've got Rexy ahead of him. Here comes Ben Keating into the pit lane. He's getting out of that car as the battle between the GTPs continues and down to the far side of the circuit from us. It's a pretty standard-looking stop for the wins car. And the wheels and tyres going on. Also coming in, Stephen Thomas in TDS number 11. So that's first and third and fifth. It's the odd numbers have come in this time around in LMP2 because Rodrigo Salas has brought in the Tower Motorsport number eight, the orange and black car, to the pit lane as well. Pick up that battle out on the circuit between the 0-1, Renga van der Zander. They're coming to, uh, and the number 60 of Colin Brown coming past us now. There goes the low revving note of the big V8 engine Cadillac, slightly shriller V6 rev from Tom Blomqvist as they went past us here. 
three quarters of a second between them, but they are now 17 yeah. seconds behind the Porsche that leads. Yeah, and losing ground. I mean, lost the second and a half on that last lap. The previous lap, they were fairly similar to the, the overall race leaders' time. The lap before that, they lost two seconds to Felipe Nasso, who leads this race. Uh, so uh, Tom Blomkis is he's the guy on the charge here but he can't find a way past Renge van der Zender at least not yet so he's he wants to get past because he thinks he's got more speed in that car than the uh, Cadillac has at the moment behind them uh, Ricky Taylor is uh, now right back up to speed I've uh, made that slight slip earlier on he got past Timon van der Helmer and has left him pretty quickly behind him he's pulled out nearly six seconds over the last three laps since Ricky Taylor last got back, first got back up into fourth position. Uh, Timon van der Helm is, under, is going to come under pressure pretty soon from Alexander Sims, who has Nick Tandy not far behind him as well. So that's a good little battle there. The number 24 BMW, the only surviving BMW uh, at least at this stage, it's not, the 25 car hasn't been retired yet apparently, but... Uh, it hasn't, we haven't seen it since ha the early stages of the race. Is, is there an amount of laps they've got to do to get no. any points? No. So, basically, once you've started the race and you've crossed the start line, you're going to yeah. get the same points. Yeah. Okay. And uh, be behind Augusto Farfus, who seems to be struggling, well, big time, actually, because he's nine seconds behind the number six card, Nick Tandy. Harry Tinkle, on the other hand... The gap from the number 24 to number 59 was was, was over 30 seconds. Uh, six laps ago, it was 25 seconds. Now it's 16. So Harry Tinkler is about, a, is about three seconds a lap faster, two or three seconds a lap faster for the last three or four laps than the BMW ahead of him. Well, Alex Roberis, this feels like a little bit of deja vu. The number 23, Heart of Racing Aston Martin, on pole at Lime Rock. First stop, loses two positions, goes back into third, and sits there for the entire second stint. So what magical trick do you have up your sleeve to try and get to the front of the field again, like Lime Rock? Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely a coincidence, but uh, for sure, uh, very much up in the air right now. Uh, I think it's uh, clear that between the Corvette and the Mercedes, um, and us, we are all on a little bit different strategies, but um, it's going to be all about what happens after uh, the last pit stop. Um, and then if there's a yellow before the pit stop, then that, everything goes completely up in the air because the 14 is also uh, on an alternate strategy. So still a lot to play for, still a long race, uh, more than yeah, an hour and, and, a, and a quarter. So I think, whoa, Ross is passing. Antonio, let's go, Ross, my boy. <laughs> That'll get you fired up. All right, I'll let you pay attention. I just want to know, how different was the track in qualifying to the difference in the race? Uh, yeah, it was very different, actually. I don't know why. Um, it's, a, it's a... Oh, there we go. Yellow. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with this. Oh, no, we are uh -oh. going to a full-course caution. The number four is off, John. Yeah, it's out of turn 14. The Mortul number four. Lovely car, that Leisure. Uh, Tonis Kazimets has gone off, coming out of the final corner. Driver's right will get straight into pit lane, however. I think we're going to stay green. Yeah, we are. We'll stay green. That looked like a bigger impact than I thought it was, if I'm honest. 
and the green flags continue to wave beyond that incident. So we dodge another strategic moment there uh, down at the final corner, Jeremy. Unlike Tony Kazimitz to make a mistake, I must must say. But how many times have we said that? Where oh, we said, true. you know, uh, driver XXX is off, unlike that driver, true. to make an incident. And now, did he jump or was he pushed? Well, there was a few cars around him but it looks like he may have just looped it from the outside kerb. Yeah, he was already sliding, coming through the apex, almost got it back, and that was actually quite a big hit on the tyres uh, on the front right of that car as it spun back around. They're having a look, but they are sending that car back out again. So tyres, uh, the banded tyres did their job. He's back into the acceleration lane, so I'd expect if he was going behind the wall, he'd be in the middle lane, but let's see. He's coming to the end of the pit lane, now, see if he turns off. Shea Adam is watching it. He went back out on the track. Yeah. Uh, there was quite a bit of loose debris on the front of that car, though, John. I hope it doesn't fly off. And he had a good look at it when he was opposite us in the pit lane. Hello to Philip, who's uh, listening and watching, and to Right Turn Lover in the middle of Europe. Uh, also to Craig Scully King. And. Good to know you're listening. Tom Marshallak over in Ohio, enjoying Richard Dean's thoughts. Says he's looking forward to United Autosport coming to IMSA next year. I think we all are. It's going to have an extended LMP2 field. Uh, IMSA with the problems of deciding which categories to put in which races with which other categories because of paddock and pit lane space. LMP2 lap times being lit up at the moment. First, second and third place cars. The number 11 TDS of Mikkel Jensen. The Paul Loop Shatnan driven number 52. The wins car and the 04 of Ben Handley. That's the CrowdStrike Algar Pro Racing car. All putting their fastest laps of the race in. And Guido van der Garde. Nice to see him back as well for TDS. He had to go to hospital but was tweeting from his hospital bed that he was fine and he would be back, and he is back, and he's in the car. Back on the horse that kicked him, as they say. Puts that to the back of his mind. Just under an hour and a quarter to go. And Felipe Nazar has half the length of the straight from the kink to Canada corner before he hits a huge clutch of cars. So at the moment... That 14.8 second lead looking pretty good and not due to be in for about another 12 or 13 minutes. Now, penalty coming in for the LMP2 Tower Motorsports number eight car, sixth position, working on the car outside the pit box. That will be a drive-through. So if we see that one come down in the next few minutes, it's not making a pit stop. So pretty much an hour, Jeremy, the GTP is getting here. Yep. So it will be a 40-minute dash to the end. Yeah. Um, or what you could, oh, we've got an hour and 12 minutes to go. Yeah, I don't expect the pit stops in, but I, I think they can probably do about 50, 55 minutes because there was, what, one, two, three, four, five laps of caution at the beginning of the race. Um, so I, I think they can do. They, they can't quite do an hour. They can probably do around about 55 minutes. I would suggest. So I think it probably in another 
17 minutes or so, we'd expect the GTP cars to be on to, coming onto the pit lane. The gap between first and second is kind of stabilised now, around about 16 seconds. Tom Blokuso remains, well, glued to. They were separated by 0.056 as they came across the line uh, to complete this uh, 41st lap. Um, and a little bit further back also, number 31, number 6 car was side by side as well. Have they changed positions? Yes, they have. The number six car, Nick Tandy, has got ahead then of Alexander Sims for the sixth position. Coming up later on, we will be awarding the BDO Nose Strategy Awards. BDO Nose Financial Strategy, Risk Management and they've teamed up with us here at IMSA Radio this year to acknowledge one of the teams in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship who our broadcast team reckoned have done the best job and with the tools that they've got might not be a winner of a class in fact hasn't always been a winner of a class it was Faf who got it last time around for getting the car up through the field to where we felt They'd overperformed for the performance of the car. That will be awarded towards the end of the race. We've got five classes to look at, one winner to make. At the moment, far too many things buzzing around my head, but it's a good thing to keep in our minds. I'm just reminding our, my broadcast colleagues here uh, about that. Just keeping an eye on who is making progress or has improved their positions. And it may yet be that uh, those moments that decide that BDO Nose Strategy Award are yet to play out. Now, one car that didn't have the choice on the strategy because of the puncture was the Nick Tandy-driven Porsche, the number six car. Now, he's back in the pits now because, of course, he was off kilter. And this means that they are on a completely different run plan to the rest. It does, and it means that they have left Nick Tandy in the car for maybe a stint longer than initially planned. But now it is time for Matthew Jaminet to take over. He has already climbed aboard that number six machine. Fuel, new tires, replenish the energy, as one must do when the fuel nozzle is attached. And that is the entire plan. Oh, nope, sorry, they just tricked me. They did a windshield tear off as well for the number six. And that service is nearly complete. Then the car will rumble back onto the pit lane. But, ooh, another pit board has just come down. That being for the number 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. They were the first of the GTD Pro Cars to stop. And once again, they are triggering this cycle again. They were up in first. They were third as everybody else crossed the line. And Danny Junkadea staying in the pit lane. First racing laps for Zul Gunyan around Road America. This will be fun. And 69 minutes is um, a little bit of a stretch, I would have thought, for the uh, GTD cars that that that, that uh, ploy coming in first uh, uh, early early for the first stop worked out well because they were able to get up into the lead of the class they were leading when he brought that car into the pits just now so it's worked out so far let's see if it'll continue to do so for that proton competition team and talking of proton i talked about harry tinknell making some really good ground well he's lost it all now and he's losing it on, on a fairly regular basis so i'm not quite sure what's what's happened to number 59 car because the gap went from uh, over 25 seconds down to 16 it's now ballooned up back out to 26 again last time around 
uh, behind the uh, the BMW car number 24, so that's weird. However, there has been a change for second position, so Tom Blomkis did get past the uh, Cadillac of Renga van der Zander. We'll see now whether he can make an inroads into the lead of Felipe Nasser. At IMSA Radio, hello to Carol Brink in Monterey. Looking forward to that Monterey car week that we heard Richard Dean talking about. Then we've got Ren Sport later on in the year as well. And a first-timer, we've got a rookie tuned in. Tristan Harrison is tuned in from Canada live for the first time. Not seeing whether he's in uh, sound or sound and vision. Tristan, thank you very much for dropping us a line on the platform formerly known as Twitter. That Nick Tandy car then back out in the hands of Mathieu Jaminet. That will have to come back in as well, Jeremy. Yes. So they're, they're kind of hoping for a yellow here to get back on with everybody else, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, absolutely right, John. Yes, they are. Because uh, they were a lap down, I think. Is he still a, is he lapped down again now? Uh, with that pit stop, uh, the number six is, car. Yeah. Yeah. But he's made, that, that's obviously the pit stop before everybody else. Uh, he's just about to come across the line, actually. He's just gone through in front of us. Yeah, so he so, is a lap. So he's gone through now. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, long lap on the, on, with the puncture cost him a lot of ground um, for that uh, number six car. So he's, uh, and as you say, he's still going to have to make another pit stop unless it's a long caution period. Uh, from here to get to the end, so uh, double whammy for that car. But Philippe Nas is still running nicely out in front. A couple of slowish, slowish laps, 55 and a 54. Uh, the last, the previous two laps for the race leader, Philippe Nas. I think he just had quite a lot of traffic to deal with. Last time around was a 151.8 for him, uh, and correspondingly, it was a slower lap for Tom Blunkers, who had to deal with that same sort of traffic. So it does now 13 seconds between the, the top two cars, number seven and number 60. And the uh, 60 car of Tom Blomkis is pulling away from Renga van der Zander in third position. And Renga van der Zander is going to have, well, the, the other accurate number 10 car, Ricky Taylor, is definitely closing on him at a fairly rapid rate. It was at 10 seconds, then 7 seconds, and it was only 5.7 last time around between the third and fourth place cars. I don't think anybody was expecting this kind of pace from the Porsches. Now, all right, didn't have to fight with the Paul sitting car from the start of the race, but put that to one side, Jeremy. Um, notwithstanding the issues with Nick Tandy's car early on, that car has had decent pace, and certainly the number seven car, now driven by Felipe Nasser, has got good pace. And it, it's... Still 11, call it 12 seconds ahead. Great battle going on, coming to the final corner, the inception, McLaren alongside the Aston Martin. And for a moment, two wheels on the grass for the number 70. McLaren for Frederick Shandoff. He's battling for second position with Roman De Angelis as they come to the line now. The Aston is still in second and Tonis Casamis in the number four, Ligier between them as they went across the line but he'll clear out and now they've got the GT piece coming through as well just adding a bit of spice to that battle as they go down towards turn three so the dark coloured 27 Aston Martin the car with the green number backgrounds 
It's the GTD. Their sister car in GTD Pro, Ross Gunn leading, but uh, owing us a pit stop as compared to Jules Gunon, who's just rejoined, having made his second. Gosh, it's amazing how much the, the gaps vary as they work their way through that big knot of GTD yes. cars. Uh, they're all, I mean, just in a long, long line there. Uh, uh, the, the, the top two pro cars are kind of checked out from everybody else. That's Ross Gunn in the Aston Martin uh, from Antonio Garcia in the Corvette. But then there's a gap quite a long way back, gap back to Brian Sellers, who leads the, the non-pro. And he's got about seven seconds in hand over Roman DeAndrews. So it's been a, once again, a tremendous run for that Paul Miller racing team, the BMW, mm. looking to extend their lead in the regular season championship and they hope regain the lead in the sprint the world tech sprint cup championship for gtd which they lost last time out yes when the number 27 aston won the class in gtd pro remember the number 14 lexus went the longest so we're not going to see that one for a little while but we are going to see the leader at least sheer adam is as ross gunn has committed to the pit lane in the heart of racing aston I'll try and paint the picture with words so that everybody at home can see it too. This car trundling down the pit lane at the pit lane speed limiter. John? Uh, yeah, got a problem for TDS. It's the bright yellow car coming into the pit lane with damage to the right front. This is the car that was third in the class for Nicole Jensen. And that's, I think it might just be a puncture, but the wheel was wobbling around. Let's get back to share with the leader in GTD Pro. Fuel and sticker tires for Ross Gunn as he is staying aboard this 23 Heart of Racing Aston Martin. Also into the pit lane, the number 96 Turner Motorsport BMW diving into its box before the TDS car gets in. You're right, John. There is left side damage to that number 11 machine. This is the car that came in and needed the new nose already once during this race. Remember when Stephen Thomas brought the car in well before minimum drive time had been met. Still waiting on the fueling. Now fueling nozzle comes out. Ross Gunn retakes the lead. Uh, retakes the race, excuse me, I might have given him a little bit premature there, and Mikkel has the bits of bodywork pulled off, the new left front Michelin put on, and he goes back out, the work is continuing for the Turner Motorsport BMW crew, Robbie Foley staying aboard, four new Michelins just waiting on fuel. And that gap, those gaps had been closing down in LMP2, uh, there was about uh, what, five seconds between number 11 and number 52, and between number 52 and 04. But before that number 11 car came into the pits, those gaps had closed right down. And Paul Luke Chatin now leads the class with a pit stop for number 11, but he's got Ben Handley right on his gearbox. Just noting a couple of things. And we've been talking about the evolution of this track and also how the teams are getting used to the in GTP to the MHT Michelin tyre. Uh, cars were running 151s on lap three of stints, so not perhaps needing those six to eight laps of warm-up. They've been adjusting tyre prep and setup. And just a, a quick note that 100 miles into their first stint, they were setting best laps. So that new MHT working well on this new surface and giving us a brilliant race at the front of the field yeah it's 11 seconds but this is still all to play for here the last pit stop and particularly how long your last pit stop 
is going to be could well determine the winner of this race into the pit lane for Catherine Legg and in and out actually for Catherine Legg uh, for the accurate and that car had a wee bit of damage here rear right rear damage the bumper was actually folded back quite a bit so we need to keep an eye on that she left the pit lane just ahead of Trent Hinman in the number 77 volt racing Porsche so those two will be together on the track now we've got great uh, excuse me not gradient Cawthorf into the pit lane for the number 32 Mercedes fuel and new tires for Mick Grenier that's where I was going with that as the number 17 that was the car that Anthony Mantella started Wayne Boyd took over for AWA that car has now completed its final service and up on the wall once again Madison Snow looks like he's going to be taking back over the number one class leading Paul Miller Racing BMW when it comes in for its final stop. Well, that's not a bad idea, actually, particularly if he's going to graduate to the pro class because he may, might have to finish some of the races next year. Shea, just before we uh, go uh, into uh, the next phase of this race, yes. we were talking in during Mazda MX-5, the Edermitz Mazda MX-5 races yesterday, the both of them, just how popular... Uh, it is, that championship is with indie drivers and I sort of thought about an idea of putting a whole load of indie drivers in at the end of the season. <laughs> well, Paul Smith says, hang on, he says, I've got a brilliant idea for an end of IMSA event. How about the top WeatherTech, dri the WeatherTech series drivers in MX5? What do you think? Ooh. Well, there you go. The champions of every class getting yes. to go and race against their teammate. I love that. Do you like Great that? Idea. Yeah. Very good, Paul. Carnage, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's carnage, it's uh, Jeremy. Hey, look, I'm watching this battle between the LMP2 cars coming out down towards turn five. Uh, Paul Uchata has a lead. Ben Hanley's maybe 10 carlets behind the gap. It extended a little bit, actually, on that last lap. There's not much to choose between them. Uh, also, in, in LMP3, uh, Sean Creech Motorsport still has got a pretty handy lead. Joao Barbosa over, over Colin Noble who's making his IMSA debut this weekend in the Junior 3 racing car number 29. He's about 14 seconds behind him after the first stint by Bajori Gargan. Here comes now the uh, GTD leader uh, onto the pit lane for the final time, they hope. We've got a slew of pit stops. Both of the Lexuses are in the 14 and the 12. No driver change for either of those cars, but fuel and tires. The number 27, Aston Martin, is in for the heart of racing. Roman DeAngelis getting out sticker tires for Marco Sorensen, getting ready to race this track for the first time. And as previously mentioned, Madison Snow has climbed back aboard. The number one, Paul Miller Racing BMW. We're waiting on fuel for that car before we send it back out. There we go. They get rolling. And how far ahead do they get out before the 27, who came in second in class? Well, the answer is a long way because the 14 Lexus is the next car to rumble out the pit lane. I think the 12 Lexus is going to beat the 27 Aston Mark back out too. It's a very close battle. Further down the pit lane, Turner Motorsport BMW also win for Bill Oberlin in the number 97. No, the Lexus just behind the rear wing of the Aston Martin, but that is fully game on. Oh, and also, by the way, thank you to one of our Twitter followers, John. You have to remind me of the name, Mikey McGuire, for letting us know that Catherine Lake's bumper is out around the circuit right now. So some turn three, turn three. Thank you, Mikey, at IMSA Radio. Under 57 minutes to go now. Fascinating out front. Uh, Philippe Nasser, the gap from first to second is down to eight seconds now. It was uh, 13, uh, five laps ago. 
Um, so keeping, certainly keep an eye on that. They're running similar lap times the last few laps. Renke van der Zander, though, has fallen now nearly 15 seconds behind Tom Blomqvist, and he's got his mirrors full, or has done the last couple of laps now, with Ricky Taylor in the second of the Acuras. So the Cadillac at uh, this stage uh, seems to be certainly slipping back from from one Acura into the grasp of, an, of another one. Mm. And there's a good back, gap back to Tymon van der Helm, who has... Uh, extended his lead over the number 31 the pole sitting car of alexander sims uh, that they've been to uh, back and forth uh, alexander sims has a lot really slow lap last time around uh, and augusto farfus in the bmw is right with him meanwhile on this lap uh, the best lap of the race for the number 60 car of Renge, of uh, of excuse me of tom blomquist has brought him now within seven seconds of the lead held by Felipe Nasser. Incident out on the circuit for high-class racing, and again, it's in the fast area. Coming, oh no, hang on a minute, it's the 29, it's Colin Noble's car. Saw the red and white of the uh, livery, but then the little bit of blue just gave it away, and Colin Noble uh, has lost his part of the front of that car. The nose has gone missing. He's he's nosed that into the wall, and it's pushing the front bodywork onto the two front Michelin tyres. The crash box uh, and has deformed. That's exactly what it's meant to do. And this is another high-speed incident. That's exactly what happened to Guido van der Garde coming out of turn 13. The exit of the carousel the car hits a bump it won't turn he's on the grass he's in the wall and he's hit it absolutely square on how that car is driving yeah, I, have, exactly. I have no clue whatsoever the front crash box has been folded up it's uh, supposed to be sort of a uh, a rhombus shape at the front of that car and it's absolutely fat Shea adam has the car coming in we've got uh rexy the number 80 racing car as well that's right opposite us Shea. and that i'm amazed that that car has gone off <laughs> after that sort of impact structural rigidity of these lichier chassis that is super impressive we also had the 13 awa car into the pit lane they did a very good stop. Matt Bell turned around already. Into the pits now, the FAF Porsche coming in. Fuel and tires, Patrick Pile expected to stay aboard. Now, I'm not expecting this number uh, 29 car to retake the circuit. I'm very proud of them for making it back into the pit lane, though. And now we have had the four, which is another one of the LMP3 cars, another one of the Ligier. It's Tony Skasmitz again, off on his outlap. Gosh, what a weird day. Very weird day as well. That was at the kink uh, after turn three, bottom of the hill. And Jeremy put it in context when I was trying to identify some action areas at the start of our World Feed TV broadcast. Uh, basically, how long is the track? 4.048 miles. That's your action areas right there, all of them. Every yard of it. The bright green AO Porsche back out on the circuit having made its pit stop right in front of us Kai von Berlo by the way has also taken out the number 91 Kelly Moss Racing Porsche and he'll be getting back up to speed Madison Snow still leading that GTD category GTD Pro the Chevy Corvette now has cycled to the front during the pit stop cycle as Patrick Pele is taking over the FAF Porsche the mostly black car now with the plaid piping almost on it 
And of course, as I mentioned, Antonio Garcia leading, he pulls into the pit lane. In LMP3, Joao Barbosa from Josh Burden. It's the 33 Ligier from the 74 Ligier. Riley Carr in second place, and there's about 12 seconds between those two. Paul Loup Chatan leads Guido van der Garde by 21 seconds. The 52 wins car, the TDS car in second with the number 20 high class car just coming into the pit lane. Just coming into the pit lane. Having been, uh, those two have been battling for that position. The, number, the 04 car came in a lap before, so that elevated that battle between number 35 and number 20 to second position in the class with the 52 car still to make its final stop. 51 minutes remaining. Uh, those cars that are coming in now in LMP2 are going to have to stop again. Again, before the end of the race, here is the leading uh, Corvette. Very simple stop for the Corvette as well as Antonio Garcia stays aboard but gets sticker Michelin tires. And yes, they do still have the stickers on them. Waiting on the fuel at this point as Corvette Racing has completed the rest of the service and Antonio is ready to go out and try and get his second ever win here at Road America. I thought that was wrong when I wrote it down, but no, the win in 2020 is his first. So uh, that's kind of an interesting stat for Antonio. There's another stat that I would have lost money on. Uh, that is one of those, Shea. Thank you for that. Change for third position, then Ricky Taylor ahead of Renge van der Zander. Uh, he'd been uh, closing in, and uh, he's, he's made that pass. Here, though, is a battle for the lead in GTD Pro. Turn three, bottom of the hill. Corvette just getting out ahead of Ross Gunn. And when I say just getting out ahead, I mean by... A owner's manual width of Corvette or Aston Martin, but getting up the pace. The Aston trying to go around the outside. Cooler tyres for the Corvette down the inside at turn number five and prototype traffic as well coming through. I think that's the CrowdStrike car uh, coming through. No, it's not. It's the Wheel and Engineering Cadillac coming through uh, at that point of the circuit, and that has pushed the. 23, Heart of Racing, Aston Martin offline and into the dirt. So that's a bit of a free kick there for the Corvette and for Antonio Garcia. And I've, I would expect then that there'll be some quite choice language from Mr. Ross Gunn on the radio at the moment because he was right there a pair prepared to take the lead, he thought and had a really good run. Very fair racing by both of those drivers down into turn five. Ross gets the car turned in. He stays on the track, that's fine. Going up to turn six, the 24 BMW staying out of the battle there, I noticed, as the Whelan Engineering car goes through. So was there a little touch? No, no. there was just a bit of side-by-side -side action. And then the BMW of Augusto Farfus, the GTP car, who had a great view of that going up under the Corvette bridge. Now, he's battling with that number 31 uh, of Alexander Sims, who did get through in the Whelan Cadillac, and then he clears both of the cars. Yeah, I think that was pretty clear. He was trying to get alongside on the outside line, wasn't he, Ross? Gone there up into turn six and just uh, got in on the brakes a little bit too deep, slid a little bit, little bit wide. And as you see, once you're offline there, it's really, really tricky. I don't think there was any contact no. between the Aston and the Corvette. Totally that was agree. just uh, cold tyres. You're trying to get those tyres up to temperature for Ross Gunn. And uh, yeah, it just lost, it's cost him uh, several seconds and the lead in the class. Question from David Turner. Where's the Iron Dames this, week this weekend? They do the longer races here. So we'll see them back at uh, Petit Le Mans. Mathieu Petit Le Mans at Michelin Road, Atlanta. 
in to the pit lane for Alexander Sims, and that's Keith Portorani here getting back into the 31 Whirling Cadillac. It is. It was only a 10-minute minimum drive time for the two pro classes, but people will take this car to the finish. Timon Vanderhelm is the first car back out and rolling once again, though. So the banana boat, or the former banana, eh, it's still the banana boat, takes over ahead of both the 31 and the 24 BMW. But all three of those cars coming in very close together into the pit lane, all receiving almost the same service, save for the driver change. For the 31, the 24 got fuel and tires as now into the, the pit lane comes the number 60. Meyer Shank Racing Acura. No driver change here, but they did hand Tom Blomqvist a drinks bottle with a straw, allowing him to take a sip of perhaps some colder water while he is waiting for the four tire change to complete. Those are very new tires as well. No stickers on them, but they are nice and shiny. As also into the pit lane, Ranger Van de Sande, the 01 Cadillac. Let's see, is there a Sebastian Bourdais? Well, there is, but he's on the pit box and he is not going to be taking back over this car. These are also slightly scrubbed Michelins going on to the 01 Cadillac. Waiting on fuel and energy for the Acura. Timer is almost at 40, which is the minimum refueling time. It was 38 when he started to roll, so they had a little bit of room to play, but not too much with the Acura, which should now be good to the end of the race. P3 leader is in the pits as well. Joao Barbosa in the Sean Creech Motorsports car number 33 in 17th position overall. And he had a, a lead of about 15 seconds a couple of laps ago. That's the last time I looked uh, over the... Oh, actually, no, that was actually the number 29 car before it crashed. Uh, so he, he had uh, about 16, 17 seconds of a lead over Josh Burden, who'd been doing a, a nice job in that number 74 car, filling in this weekend for Felipe Fraga, who's racing stock cars in Brazil. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's this weekend. Josh Burden, who's been doing the long-distance races for the Riley team, along with Gar Robinson in number 74. Uh, and recently tied the knots. Nuptials were performed. Gar Robinson uh, flew down and back to attend the ceremony. Also, congratulations to our Joe Bradley and uh, now Sam Bradley, Sam Burns, uh, married up in Sunderland yesterday. Uh, so many of the RSL crew were up there. I thought we were going to get a running commentary in a World Feed stream at one stage, but uh, unfortunately, that didn't uh, happen. Congrats to them. Uh, in for the leader, Philippe Nasser staying in Porsche number seven, Sheer Adam, but here's the tactics playing out. Left side tires only for Philippe Nasser, and they're waiting on fuel. They could have done all four tires, actually. Had more than enough time, as in just ahead of them is the 10. Conic Minolta Acura for Ricky Taylor. Four tires for that car as we wait for the service to finish for the Porsche. Now it rolls back out. The left sides were scrubbed, so that's interesting for the Porsche. Says very slow on the front straight. The 24 BMW right behind me. He's not going to make it back around. Find the orange overlap, Augusto. Find the orange overlap. Bo Barfield strived that in our drivers' meeting yesterday to say, if you have a problem on the track, do not stop on the track. Make it to an orange overlap area. He's missed two, but he's still circulating very, very slowly. White flag at the start-finish line means not that it is the final lap, but there is a slow-moving vehicle, as Shea has mentioned. Don't understand that tactics from... Porsche uh, Penske Motorsport. They had time to put all four Michelins on to the leading car. More than enough time. Hearing from our production team up in Charlotte in NASCAR Productions, a loss of power for He's not Philip in the pocket a. there, is he? That is really, really I mean, not. 
good sportsmanship from Philippe Eng. I understand that he wants to get the car back, but he's got a whole four miles, and there was at least a couple of overlaps that he went through. Oh, he's got it going again. Hang I mean, on. Just, if you get a bit of momentum, you can at least coast down the hill and get it left, out of the way. Left-hand left side of the track here. He's getting. He's, he's got power now. He's got power now. He's done a control-alt-delete, hasn't he? If he gets over to the left-hand side of the track now, if the car splutters again, there's a cut-out there. No, it's going. All right, I take it all back, Philippe. He was getting some word from the team, presumably. The old three-fingered salute, perhaps. It's not up to speed. There's no way that the electric motor will make it round a full lap. The visor is open, he's chugging along, and it doesn't look comfortable. He's watching both of his mirrors as he tries to make it back to the pit lane. He will not want to shortcut into the back of the pits because that would lose him a lap. Uh, just coming down to the far side of the circuit last time around, as he was uh, coming to the end of the, the lap, excuse me, last time around, he just struggled to get out to turn 14 and as he came up to the top of the hill there seemingly was no power there he just passed the pit lane entry but that car is moving perhaps on limp home mode and not much else well he's got engine power we can hear the v8 from the onboard he is being super careful with where he puts that car on the track, looking in the rear-view mirror, which is actually a camera that points backwards, but it's in the normal place of a rear-view mirror. It's not revving. I think he's probably in second or third, but not much more than that. Now, if he's not going to get that car back under its own steam, it's all uphill. After Canada corner. Do you know what? That's running better now. He's got a few more revs. They haven't. Where was that car last in the pits, Jeremy? Which one? The 24 BMW, Philip Eng. Oh, it just, it just came out. Okay, just so. A lap right. or so ago, yeah. Okay. 42 minutes to go. That was, We've his, stayed that was green. his outlap when it, had, when it slowed coming up the hill. Thank you. Again, that started as far back as turn five on that lap, just hearing from our eyes around the corner. Thanks to Phil. Philly, and then a few moments ago, the battle for GTD 23 Aston and Corvette number three coming to blows, coming out of turn number five with the Aston just giving a little love tap to the left rear of the Corvette. Wow. He closed in quickly then after that off, didn't uh -oh, he? Oh, yes, he did. So, the I bet the Corvette driver wasn't expected to see the Aston so quickly after uh, absolutely <laughs> not. After that uh, little mistake at the top of GTD, Pro Antonio Garcia and Ross Gunn, uh, battle lines drawn there, and I expect to see that run to the end of the race. Uh, oh, and the Corvette is going to take a drive through again. Refueling time in fraction will bring that car back down pit lane. That will hand the lead to Ross Gunn and Aston Martin. And Harder Racing, Gilles Gounon will go up into second. Wow. And the Lexus of Ben Barnicut, who have been getting brilliant fuel mileage, uh, he will go up into third position. In fact, Patrick Pelia might actually uh, go past as well with that drive-through. It's such a long transit time here on the pit lane speed limit. 
and about 45 seconds from the edge from the in to the out and it's not just that of course it is the the fact that the cars the other cars are going so quickly down the front straight you use a lose a lot of time not a lap but you do lose time no penalties was one of our Porsche keys to the race along with stay on track flexible strategy and deal with traffic well there's been problems at all of those staying on track far too many penalties by leading cars the flexible strategy has had to come into play for a number of of teams who have had issues earlier on and the traffic is causing huge discrepancies Jeremy in lap times because if you come across as a GTP or an LMP2 car a group of battling GTDs that can be three four five seconds that you lose yeah. on a lap yeah absolutely right that, that is uh, that is the critical thing here uh, uh, aside from not making mistakes hey, look I'm intrigued at the front of the field here look at the lap times uh, of the, uh, the of the leaders last time around it was the first flying lap after the pit stop for number seven car. He lost four seconds to Tom Blomqvist, who is behind him, who'd come into the pits one lap sooner. Uh, one lap later now, 58 laps now completed in the books, and Felipe Nasser down to a 152.7, uh, which is, um, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's that's a kind of an okay lap at this stage, and he maintained that gap. Uh-oh, it, it's uh, maintained that gap from first to second. Six and a half seconds only. Uh oh, from Jeremy Shaw is never a bad thing, and everybody, uh, never a good thing, and everybody in the pit lane sort of flinches. Saying so at number 85, I think, Scott Andrews, yes, at the bottom of turn three. Now, moving again in the black and blue with uh, red flashes. That's the. That is uh, JDC Miller Motorsports Duquesne. And Scott hasn't had a great day. Missed the chequered flag in warm-up this morning. Oh, big lock-up on the right front Michelin. He's just pushed straight on at turn number three. The gravel has done its job, though. He didn't hit the wall. It's already missing the left-hand cheese wedge behind the rear wheel. And Scott's continues. Down at the pits now is there something going on with Matthew Jamini's Porsche there's a new tail up on the wall Shea Adam yep and two mechanics each holding the prodding tools that loosen off the tailed sector of the car so they've just scrambled there was quite a bit of urgency to get the new tail section up onto the wall they don't have the engine cover section which is strange because normally if you break the tail section you also break the engine cover but yeah i was not expecting to see that car back in again for any sort of damage repair well we're inside the last 40 minutes so any pit stop now would get you to the end of the race quite easily two pit stops for all of the leading GTPs here is the rundown from VP Racing Fuel in race update Philippe Manassa by seven seconds now from Tom Blomqvist in second place they're lapping in roughly the same sort of times a little bit quicker for Ricky Taylor last time around the number 10 Acura in third zero on Renga van der Zander is in fourth position and coming into the pit lane the number six 
for Mathieu Jaminé. Yeah. We're expecting to see that rear tail section change. Shea Adams saw it up on the wall, but they're going to make a virtue out of this Shea and send him to the end with some VP Racing fuel. Now let's see what they decide to do because it was left side tires for the other car. No tires have been ready for this car. They did do a windshield tear off. They pulled the old tail section off the car. Is that a bit of brokenness around the, oh, the right side. The right side was completely obliterated. Very strange. The cheese wedge area on this car completely gone on the old rear wing as well as the tail light. There goes Machio. That was a great stop by Porsche Penske Motorsport. And yeah, no tires for Gemini. So let's see what sort of pace he has at the end. That's been side-by-side -side contact with somebody. Or, in fact, I think he's just run over his own tail section as he came out of pit lane. So that must have been side-by-side -side contact on the front straight as he came out of the pit lane exit and staying to the right-hand side. So that's the number six fuel to the end. That was just enough fuel that was a timed stop they pulled the fuel hose as soon as the tail section was back on and right with that little battle there was a battle for the lead now in lmp3 because joao barbosa has got his mirrors full on the number 74 cars it's number 33 uh, for sean creech motorsports that still leads as it has done pretty much the whole way with Nico Pino having started that car on the pole position, but now Josh Burden is right with him. That is a battle for the lead, number 33 and 74 in LMP3, and Matt Bell is about 15 seconds behind them. So 35 minutes to go. Still waiting for the number three Corvette to come down the pit lane for its penalty. BMW number 24 in the pit lane. And Shea Adam is watching some remedial work going on at the front end of that car. Uh, the nose is off of it now. They were working on the left rear of the car. It looked like they were working on a wiring loom in that section. That is where the torque sensors are. Uh, but now they've pulled the nose off. They are getting the jacks. Looks like this one might be rolling back to the garage, back behind the wall. Suggestion uh, from a couple of people, and thank you very much uh, to them, uh, including uh, Nick. Pit limiter stuck maybe on that car. I think it was revving a little bit more than that, if I'm honest. Hello to Alex Orchid, who's tuned in as well. Good to have your company and that car, that BMW on its dolly jacks. He's being pushed away. Not a banner day, Jeremy Shaw, for BMW Team RLL. That's been horrible from started bad yeah. and it's got worse. It has got worse, unfortunately, and it was a difficult weekend for them also at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. They came away with the podium, but that was more as a result of the timing of the caution than anything else. But uh, yeah, this, they came in really optimistic. They had a really good test here a couple of weeks ago with the uh, 31. Uh, Wheel and Engineering Cadillac was here the same day, and they reckon they were they were they were they were really really good shape. There's a is that the number seventy four? That's 74 the seventy four, and that is the look. That's twice we've seen cars off there and not hit anything, and that car uh, in contention, second place for Josh Burden in LMP at three, and going out onto the grass at the exit of the carousel full speed. Well. Earlier on in the week, that grass was so wet, he would not have got that car back. But Josh, being calm, didn't panic, and he's got the car back on the black stuff. 
and continues in second place for the Riley 74 in LMP3. Let's go to Sheer Adam down in the pit lane and hear from some drivers. With Ashton Harrison in second place right now for the Acura. Now, you guys are doing a bit of a one-off this weekend. I know it's prep for an upcoming race, but still sitting second. Is Mario just that good that he's driven up through the field or you guys need a yellow? Uh, yeah, Mario's excited to have driven back up through the field, but yeah, yellow would be nice. Um, I'm sure we're not the only team out here waiting for one to pop up. So. Just trying to be patient and see how the race unfolds for us. But yeah, to be back with Acura and Chalky's journey has been nice. And to be running uh, second is a reward for the team for having rebuilt this chassis. So I'm really proud of them for that. How much have you learned about this track through the practice qualifying and race today that you can put in your back pocket? Gosh, yeah. I mean, the track has evolved so much every single session. I definitely think the more that we get some Michelin rubber on it, the more consistent it is becoming. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, so much has changed between practice and qualifying, and then I knew what we had to do in the race, which was just maintain and move forward. And so, yeah, every session's changed, but we're in a good spot now, and I'm hoping it stays that way. Thanks, Ashton. Good luck. Thank you so much. And John, very astute drivers up on the pit box. Huh. Her teammates for the endurance races, Danny Formal and Kyle Marcelli, they have a race coming up immediately after this one. They're learning everything they can from what's happening in GTD. Just uh, wondering, says Nigel Dobby, was that number six Porsche right rear damage a result of the earlier puncture? That's a good call, actually. Thank you, Nigel, for that. Out in front for the number seven Porsche. Uh, and Felipe Nasa with her 7.7 second lead. One BMW goes behind the wall, but balance is uh, re uh, restored as the 25 has come out from behind the wall. And uh, Nick Yellerly uh, will take that car uh, out onto the track. John Turnham, president of IMSA, joins us in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre. Good afternoon, Mr. D. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Good afternoon, and good afternoon to all the fans around here. They've they've done it oh. as a fan group. Um, IMSA and Road America sports car fans have set an all-time IMSA record for attendance today, the best since 1979, a race that I was at with my dad, my first IMSA race live. That surprises me not at all, having gone round the campsites last night to say hello to some friends, and I was talking to one or two campers who was saying, that even the overflow RV camping is overflowing. There's literally not a space if you were going to bring an RV this weekend. 100%. Mike Kircher, uh, president of the track, Greg Weiser, have done an amazing job with their staff. Mike told me a few weeks ago, John, the camping is going to be sold out, and you know how beautiful the acreage is around here. That's oh. a that's a big task. And, and a, a group of spectators here are among if not the most knowledgeable. Everybody I talked to last night and lots of families as well, the next generation is here, right here, the next generation of IMSA fans. They all know, they all want to talk about this year, they all want to talk about what's coming next year. There's a great anticipation, John. There sure is, and you're right. On that grid walk this morning, I saw tons of families. Uh, you see people walking their dogs on the ground. I mean, it's it's the National Park of Speed is what they call it. And as you know, I've been coming here since I was six weeks old. And so uh, <laughs> it's, it's always a special return here to Elkhart Lake and, and to Road America. Let's talk a little bit about next year, John, because the state of the sport will get, actually going back to its traditional uh, IMSA time at Motil Petit Le Mans, and we'll be talking about that later on in the year, but the schedule for next year, for the most part, and for the uh, the most part of the series that IMSA uh, is uh, running and administrating for 2024 is out. Um, some headline news is that we're getting 
We'll, we'll hit that first. We're getting five Michelin Endurance Cup races. Yeah, absolutely. We're thrilled, of course, to return to our traditional uh, spots on the Michelin Endur Endurance Cup, the Rolex 24 at Daytona, uh, the Sebring's uh, Mobile One 12-hour in March, of course, back to Watkins Glen for the Salem 6-hour at the end of June, a new 6-hour race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway next September, and, of course, the season finale, Motul Petit Le Mans at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. So really excited to, to add that fifth, but, you know, you're, you're going back into traditional slots to the iconic venues at Long Beach. Uh, back to the streets of Detroit for the Chevrolet Grand Prix. Of course, back here to Road America, back to Canadian Tire Motorsport Park uh, in July, and, uh, of course, uh, the beautiful hills of VIR in August. Uh, and adding, right, let's talk about a couple of changes because we're adding back in Mid-Ohio, which is taking uh, a year out, and it will be IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge that headlines there. I've got to tell you, talk to people in the paddock, and I strongly believe that the Pilot Challenge should have at least one headline event every year. You're, you're absolutely right. I'm very excited about that event as well um, because Michelin Pilot Challenge, as you say, deserves that feature spot on uh, at least one weekend throughout the year. We're going to add a couple single makes that will be announced in the next few months um, and also that VP Racing Sports Car Challenge, which has created some exciting uh, races. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Lime Rock, of course, not heading back there. You know, you've said it before, John, on stage with me. It's a big Rubik's Cube. It's a big chessboard. Uh, it's very difficult. But Skip Barber, Dickie Regal, Steve Sewell, um, all the team up there did an amazing job. Record crowd there. Uh, we're already in talks with them about 25 and beyond. We're going to find a way to get back to Lime Rock. Uh, described by the responsible adult, Eve Hewitt, as the worst and most difficult uh, uh, table plan wedding table plan that you could ever have shuffling uh, things around was that just basically uh, getting dates and, and, and getting championships to fold into that by the way the bmw number 25 that came back out for nick yellowly has not made it round the full circuit but it's off on the motorcycle chicane so we won't go uh, yellow here was that just about basically slotting those puzzle pieces together you're you're 100 right and and all of us in daytona all my teammates we try to approach this with a, a team mindset, a race team mindset that is, and, and look at run times. You add uh, essentially three hours onto a, a regular 240 at Indy. Uh, you go back to Detroit with a 100-minute race, and given the in its early days, the forecast of entries for next year, well. you have to look at the mix of classes at each venue. And uh, also, Candidly, we added the Ford Mustang Challenge last week, and we need to come to venues with, you know, at very minimum three series, but most of the time we got to be able to bring four series to a weekend. So it's about the number of hours in the day. It's about TV <laughs> time slots. It's about travel. It's about runtime on track. There's a million factors that go into it. Well, and, and that was actually a point I wanted to pick up on, John, because there's only so much space in the paddock and more particularly in the pit lanes yes. for some of these yes. tracks. And that has to factor in about what series can go where. Uh, I, I know there's been talk about no GTP at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. LMP2 will headline there. We had Richard Dean from United Autosport in here earlier on. Really excited about doing the, the full season. Where was that balancing act for that decision to have to be made? I know that wasn't made lightly. 
Unless you have uh, a drawing for a double-decker pit lane, you're exactly right. That's the first uh, sort of checkbox. Uh, you can only fit so many safely on pit lane, so we're very sensitive to that. Of course, the paddock, as you mentioned, um, and also, um, you know, the sheer numbers of the forecast right now have led us to, for the first time ever, open entries this coming Tuesday for the 2024 season. It gives, and that would normally be when, John? Uh, October, usually. So um, it's an opportunity for the teams to have a longer runway of planning, uh, to put packages together, to put deals together with corporate partners and drivers. And then, of course, uh, it helps us, of course, for planning of all those factors, pit lane, paddock, and, and actual space on track. You're dealing with absolutes in some respects in, ter in terms of space. Um, when you are dealing with projections in terms of entries, that's never easy. You're also dealing with absolutes in terms of how many weekends and where they are in the year. And, of course, the other comment is about how many weekends fall clashing with other sports car events as here comes the Corvette to ride its penalty uh, finally into the pit lane. There are only so many weekends in the year, and I know you work with Fred Lequian and the ACO, and you're looking with Stefan Rattel at, at pieces like that. What pressures have you guys been under to, to be able to try and get out, but you haven't been able to get out of those... Half the, half the season seems to clash with something else. Yeah, nobody in the sport or in the industry wants conflicts. Uh, in particular now, our, our sport has a huge amount of momentum on both sides of the Atlantic, uh, certainly across the Pacific as well as the World Endurance Championship heads to Fuji here in just about a month. But um, we work very closely with Pierre Fion and Frederic, uh, of course, from the WEC. Uh, we work with Stefan Rattel and his team to make sure we don't have those clashes. And sometimes it's inevitable. There's only so many weekends. There's t television windows that we need to hit. And that's why for us, uh, with Mr. France and Ed Bennett and Mike Helton, uh, which are key members of our board, of course, uh, we look for that date and venue equity. You've said it for years. Yep. Jeremy, Shea, they talk about it. Uh, you know, to have the, the events on the same weekends, roughly the same venues, not only for us and our teams, but frankly for the fans. The fans know now that are here in record numbers at Road America that this same first weekend in August is the place to be next year for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And not only motor racing events, but other world sporting events, John, because next year is an Olympic year. Your broadcast partner for here in the US is the Olympic broadcaster, NBC. I, I was, I'm frankly impressed that you've managed to get dates within the Olympic window while still staying within the NBC family. I thought there would be a bigger break there. No, you're right. It's going to present some challenges uh, with our broadcasts in terms of when and, and where. But as you know, the, the availability of IMSA content uh, on Peacock, on IMSA Radio, on our NBC Sports uh, outlets, um, there's ways for fans to take it in in, in a variety of ways. Uh, we're, we, we love that, and it, always, no matter where we're racing, there'll be ways for the fans to uh, consume the amazing racing that uh, our teams and our manufacturers create. And, you know, I mentioned Ford earlier. They add on to 
uh, the Lamborghini Super Trofeo, which of course we have race two coming up. Uh, Mazda MX-5 Cup, which put on two great shows yesterday. Uh, oh, Ferrari Challenge, who will be up here in about 30 days. Um, you know, five single makes. And these single make championships are really what I like to call the prize possession of these OEMs. And uh, it's an entry point for some into the sport, like MX-5 at that grassroots level. Ford, of course, comes in. Porsche and Lambo and Ferrari, like... You can't get much more excitement when you see a whole field of those same cars on track and, and young talent and race teams getting started to grow to the top level. Uh, the new Ford Mustang Challenge with the Dark Horse R uh, is a very powerful car based on a street car, but it never was a street car. It's going to be built by um, race car preparation. And how about this, ladies and gentlemen? Three pedals, six gears, and a gear lever, a shifter, <laughs> as you would say, over here. I, I put my hand up for that straight away because I remember how to heal and tow, and I still do. So I can't wait for that. Uh, John, uh, what else is there to say when we reconvene at Motul Petit Le Mans later on in the year? There's a couple of schedules that we haven't been able to completely confirm. Uh, um, Without telling, you can't tell us what you don't know, but what other areas will you be exploring when we have that state of the sport? Well, you hit the nail on the head, of course. We have forthcoming uh, our MX-5, Mazda MX-5 calendar will be announced uh, in coming weeks. The Porsche Carrera Cup North America calendar, that's still yet to come. And I think uh, all the fans, all of your listeners should be ready for Petit. We've got uh, some uh, additional announcements that we'll be making there, uh, which we're very excited about, uh, which... You know, overall, um, I'm really happy for our sport right now. Um, the stability that we have uh, in our schedule, in our partnerships, and uh, certainly in this uh, amount of OEMs that have decided to use this as a platform, uh, we're really in a neat place. IMSA, uh, more I than ever before, more international than ever before. This World Feed TV is going out to Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, the UK, Europe, and, and beyond. And with new manufacturers coming in, let's just remind everybody how important that international audience is. Up 30% last year uh, from your figures, crowd. which is great. <laughs> the crowd here is massive. Um, the international component, John, talk about that. You, you've, you're sewn up here for next year, for sure, with, with NBC, who've been a great partner for you. But... Let's talk about that international component and the people who at 7 o'clock in the evening, half past 6 in the evening or half past 7 in the evening in, in Europe are watching and listening now. That's still an important part, particularly with the new manufacturers that are coming in. There's no doubt. I mean, we had a news release several weeks back. Uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of people have that availability of IMSA content globally. Of course, as you mentioned, all the outlets here uh, domestically. Um, you know, you look at our whole paddock, the diversity that you see of about 40% of our hard card holders, our IMSA members, participants, team members, drivers come from outside the U.S. Yeah. and they have cheering section, sections back home uh, watching them compete here in the States or up in Canada. And so um, we are about that global distribution. Uh, we're proud of the fact that we have so many global brands here um, running with us. And so uh, we need to provide that opportunity for fans to take in this action all over the world. Uh, congratulations for getting it together at this stage of the year. Never an easy thing to do. And we wait with bated breath, Mr. Doonan, about what you're going to tell us and what excitement you bring us by the time we get to uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta and Motil Patilamon. Well, we appreciate uh, you and your
and your staff and everybody that spreads the word, all the fans for tuning in. It's uh, absolutely our pleasure uh, to try to deliver what we believe is the best endurance sports car racing, uh, certainly in North America and, and thanks to Convergence uh, around the world. And uh, we're really excited for the championship battles that are heating up uh, here in the final few events. We head to beautiful VIR next. Then, of course, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and then uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, which as you and Jeremy and I sat in that uh, booth last year with just 10 minutes left in the race, I was giggling because Stopping. you <laughs> cannot predict what's going to happen. But fans, enjoy the end of the finish. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to continue to share with you all, and we'll see you uh, here in a few weeks at uh, beautiful VIR. Cheers. Thank you, John, president of IMSA. John Doonan uh, and the battle at the front of the field is heating up down now to just four seconds Jeremy Shaw first time since lap 14 that there's been the gaps been anything like that low uh, the uh, Felipe Nasser has turned some pretty good laps when he's when he's in clear traffic of course that car only took on left side tires during its pit stop number 60 car took on four fresh tires mm. Uh, and uh, a little bit farther, a little bit farther back, still running at an excellent fifth place time. And Vanderhelm, by the way, in that number five car for JDC, uh, Miller Motorsports, has just had his best lap of the race at a 50.2. That's a fine effort. But there's, look, there's lots of traffic all the way around here. There's so much going on. It's fantastic. I mean, the, the number 52 car now has got a pretty good lead in uh, LMP2 over over Guido Vandergaarder, who's pulled away just a little bit from Ed Jones in third position, so number 35 and number 20 with the 52 leading. LMP3, however, a couple of laps ago, there was a change for the lead because Josh Bird was able to get past Joao Barbosa. So number 74, Riley Carr, who winner here last year, is back in the lead of that class now with Joao Barbosa for Sean Creech Motorsports bundled down to second position. In GTD Pro, Finally, a couple of laps ago, number three Corvette served its penalty, so it's now, fallen back. I've got back. news on that. They were actually arguing their case well, sure, with yeah. IMSA because they felt there might have been a sensor issue which misreported their fueling time. Aha, there you go. So they, they finally relented on that one, made the, made the stop, and now Ross Gunn leads again. He's got a pretty handy lead over Jules Gunion in, in the number 79 Mercedes, but Gunion. Uh, now has the Lexus of Ben Barnicut right on his tail. He's closed right in. Madison Snow has been running right with the uh, the Lexus as well, leading in GTD by about seven seconds over Mario Farbacher's doing a, just a brilliant job uh, having uh, taken over from Ashton Harrison, who did a really good first oh, stint really in the number 93 racer's edge car. VP Racing in race update Shay Adam starting mm. to see some movement on the wall for the GT teams the gloves were just put on for the number 79 that's the WeatherTech racing Mercedes now we did think that they came in for their final stop a bit soon and we know that the 93 that's the uh, racers edge Acura that they need a little bit of help but there's uh, there's some movement down here. The battle for the lead on track, though, John, that's really starting to heat up. Certainly is. Tom Blancfist has got the hurry up from the team. The MSR 60 Acura now just under two seconds away from Philippe Naza. That was the car, Jeremy, wasn't it? They only took the two tyres, the uh, the number seven. Yeah. And I, I, 
I don't know why, because they had plenty of time. Uh, there, there may be something that we've missed there, and maybe the, well, that was to do with the balance of the car. I, I honestly don't know, but his lap times have not been bad. No, 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 no. I mean, tyre degradation is not high at all, it seems, uh, on the uh, on the GTP cars. Just, just ahead of them on the road, by the way, there's a super battle going on between two more of the Porsches. Matthew Jaminet yes. and Harry Tinknell are locked in battle. That... that uh, Number 59 car, the Proton competition, WeatherTech car, running really, really well now. It struggles at the end of the stint, I think, that car, because it did have good oh. speed, and then it dropped away a little bit at the end of its stint. Yeah. It, it fell away so at, at the number one five, stage. to be honest. Yeah, but, both uh, of them. but now, yeah, I mean, he's, he's closed in yeah. on the number six car, and that's a super little battle, and the, right ahead of the race lead, the overall leader. And the other Porsche, but. Uh, customer car the number five time and van der helmer driven um, yeah. car that's just done its fastest lap of the race yeah, again last yeah. time around yeah so he is uh, he's got his head down and chasing yeah. as well this is not over a dozen minutes to go here and the lead goes back out to 2.2 seconds between nasir and bonkvist yeah and talking talking of, of van der helm uh, that the gap from him to Renga van der Zander is this time around, what, 18 seconds. Yeah. But it was 30 seconds only about four or five laps ago. Yeah, he's really got the, the hurry up, hasn't yeah. he? and he's pulling away rapidly from the car that was on the pole, Pipo Durrani. 24 seconds, the gap from number five, number 31. Uh, six laps ago, it was, it was 14 seconds. Remarkable effort by that uh, JDC Miller Motorsports team, I reckon, in that, four, in that fifth position. Top three cars are the only cars that have done sub 150 laps as well, actually. The seven Porsche uh, for Porsche Penske Motorsport, the 60 MSR Acura and the 10. Uh, Wayne Taylor uh, racing with Andretti Motorsports Acura. All down Ooh, in the 149. Ah, the WeatherTech car is in the pits. It for is the, indeed. The GTD Pro. That was the car that stopped first. Julkin on yeah. about 11 minutes short. This is just going to be a splash and go. It might not just be a splash and go. They've got tires behind the wall ready to receive him. Also into the pit lane, Mario Farnbacher for Racer's Edge. Yes, indeed, just a splash and go. Cleaning out a bit of grass from the grill as well. We're at about nine seconds worth of fuel added to that 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. As that car now rumbles back out, now the 93 hits its marks. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine seconds for them as well as Mario goes back out so close. It also was the number 20. That's the high-class racing prototype. Started by Dennis Anderson, uh, taking to the check flag by Ed Jones, I believe it is this weekend. Uh, and share your first thoughts on the BDO Nose Strategy Award. It's tough. We've had clean racing for such a long time, uh, and there are many teams there who are still working the numbers. Um, Gary Davis with Meyer Shank Racing, because he's the guy on the box. We know that he's uh, seeking new employment at the end of the season, as was told on Sports Car 365 a couple of days ago. But he's the one who calls strategy for this team. They didn't qualify particularly well, but man, they've raced well. And I think part of the reason they've gotten there has been their pit stops. 
fair point there, still in with a chance of the lead. We'll ask Jeremy in a moment. Can be from any of the five uh, classes. Just on two seconds, that lead. Four seconds between Guido van der Garde and Louis Delatraz in the battle for second and third in LMP2. Looking at the smaller numbers uh, on the uh, on the timing screen where there are tight battles through the field. GTD has a number of them for positions just off the... Actually, no, there's a there's a battle going on there for the third spot on the podium. Mikhail Grenier for the number 32 Kortov AMG has got about four seconds on Robbie Forley. Robbie trying to call, close in in the 96 Turner BMW. So still some positions to be disputed before the end of this race. Not the end of our excitement today. We've got Lamborghinis to come and then the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge finishes off this Sunday. So stay with us in sound and vision. We'll try and squeeze in a little Michelin Pilot, uh, Michelin post-race tech after this one. What a run for both the Aston Martin and the Lexus RCF GT. Uh, I'm leaning towards that Lexus as uh, possibly one of my thoughts for BDO Nose strategy because they've been running their own pace all the way through. They weren't at the sharp end of GTD Pro, but they have found themselves in contention with seven, call it eight minutes to go. Yeah, for me, I mean, no one's done anything really outlandish in terms of strategy from my perspective uh, other than the gamble it seems to me by the number seven car is that going to come back to oh. home and just take it on those left side tires because as you say they certainly have plenty of time maybe they don't have enough tires but mm. uh, for the first time now since uh, very very early in this race less than two seconds separate the top two cars i mean one of my i mean for me john jdc miller motorsports to be running in fifth position in that privateer Porsche. Yeah. I think, uh, particularly, the, it's kind of their home track from neighbouring state from Minnesota. Look, I think they've done an absolutely superb job. I think my vote might be for them at this stage. With seven minutes to go, however, things could change. Yeah. Jeremy Shaw, John Hindorf in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre. Just about two cars lengths over the black, white and yellow stripe at the start finish line share adam in the pit lane as we move in to the last six minutes of racing so for the leaders we are talking about three possibly four laps the leader at canada corner working lap number 76 see we've had quite a quick race here jeremy as well with only a couple of short yeah. interruptions Early so on. are we are we looking at a, a potential uh, a potential distance record here i don't think so for but that? I, I honestly don't i think we've had a full 83 is the uh, record i think great. so we're not quite going to no. get that 75 for gt so we're not going to get that I think we have had a full two-hour 40 green flag race here from yeah, memory. I think we have. Um, don't, don't, time, don't strap me to a chair and uh, beat me if I get that one wrong, but I think we have, and I certainly can't remember yeah. offhand. It, it was only 64 laps last year, though, for yeah. the, for the uh, 
for the win last year. We've already done 76, and we've still got uh, five and a half minutes remaining. Yeah, there was rain last year, of course, uh, in yeah. the race. Well, Philippe Manasse is doing a good job at the front of the field. 2.1 seconds, 151.0 for Nasser. Took four tenths of a second from Tom Blomqvist. The traffic could play its part here. Talking to Guy Smith before the start of this race and taking us back 11 years ago to a car at the front of the field that perhaps didn't quite have the performance of the car chasing it down. The last half hour there was nail-biting edge of the seat, hold your breath stuff, and we're getting into that kind of area now in the last five minutes. That's your five-minute warning. The leader coming up to another crop of cars as he heads down towards Canada Corner. There's at least half a dozen machines and there's Fred Shandoff, Frederick Shandoff putting in the fastest GTD lap for Inception as he's just gone past us. The number 70 McLaren down to a 204.3 as he is trying to get a little bit closer to Madison Snow back in the car to finish off Paul Miller Racing's afternoon. It's just over four seconds between those two cars time running out now if you've got performance Jeremy no point in holding it back put it out there on that dark tarmac yeah exactly right and that uh, the leading Porsche he's working his way through some traffic is right up onto the tail now though of the uh, the almost lapped other Harry Porsches Tignall, yeah. one, one is teammate number six car who's just fending off Harry Ticknell in the uh, Proton car uh, the uh, couple other notes here, in LP2, it, the number 52 car still has a pretty stout lead, but Guido van der Garde is coming under intense pressure from the Tama Sports car number 8, had some problems early on, and uh, Louis Delatraz has uh, made up that deficit, and he's now right on the tail, that's the battle for second and third, 35 and 8 in LMP2. Terman van der Helm continues to lap consistently, 52 last time around. But it's Rengen van der Zander of the top class who was quicker last time, a 150.8. There's uh, some 13 seconds between himself and a step on the podium, but he's not giving that one up. Now the leaders uh, just fighting their way through the last bit of traffic. The number seven car through the kink for the leading Porsche. There's one car between the... First and second, it's the 32 caught off AMG GT3 coming down to Canada Corner and through it for the leader. Three minutes to go. This lap. Now just got not, not to make a mistake. Yeah, this lap and yeah, probably two more actually. There'll be two to go, I reckon, this time around, Jeremy. Era Motorsport, Ryan DL in and out for a splash of fuel. Wayne Boyd, the same for the Decane, number 17 for AWA. Leaders with nothing between them in terms of traffic going down to turn one. In terms of time, it's 3.3 seconds. Nazir yeah. flashing his headlights. He goes down to turn three. It's the Faf Porsche that is ahead of him this time around as he's in the long run down to turn five. No mistakes here for Philippe Inassa, and that's easier said than done, particularly on this circuit with this traffic, Jeremy. Yeah, the, the, the last lap time for the 153.5. The previous uh, three laps had all been in the 51s. A couple of laps before that were in the 50s. So traffic on that last lap 
uh, and he, as they worked their way through that traffic, he was able to extend his lead just a little bit by actually better part of a second over Tom Blomqvist in second place. Blomqvist caught behind the Faf Porsche down at turn five. That's going to cost him some time. So through the carousel, he can't get around. He hasn't got enough grip now with the tyres at the end of the stint. He hasn't got enough grip to go around the outside, and that will be a time loss for the second position. Sheer Adam uh, on the pit lane with a car in strife down the front straight. The 0-4 the last time around, John. That's the crowd strike by APR car. The start on pole position came by. No power. He is going to make it around, but coming into the pit lane for fuel. And I just heard Catherine Legg in the number 66 gradient racing Acura. Absolutely zero input from the internal combustion engine. She was dead stick. So I'm wondering if she's doing a control on delete to try and make it back around. This was much tighter on fuel than many of these teams anticipated. Yeah. Porsche keys to the race, be flexible with the strategy, but the strategy first has to be get the car home, and that is what Felipe Naza has to do now. 4.048 miles to go. America's National Park of Speed is seeing something of a masterclass today by the number seven Porsche Penske Motorsport 963. Their team have been absolutely perfect to this point with the number 59 Harry Tinknell driven Porsche ahead in some ways sort of running interference for the leader because he's waking up those lap cars as he goes through it's almost like uh, a running back ahead of the uh, or a full back in front of the tailback as he goes through the traffic and now half a lap or thereabouts to go for NASA. Great opening stint by his teammate, Matt Campbell, who started the race. There was no one alongside them because of the early wars this morning in warm-up for Alexander Sims, people Durrani and the wheel and engineering Cadillac team. One more prototype to pass here for the leader. That's the number 20, high-class racing machine of Ed Jones and he's not trying to go through he's just the leader is just pacing himself it was four and a half seconds the Acura threat has been dealt with it's been a perfectly pitched last run to the checkered flag from that last pit stop only two tires we questioned that but it's worked it didn't save them any time but Felipe Nasser has used the performance of the Michelins and will come through to take a Porsche victory at Road America. Problems further back down the field for Trent Hinman in the Vault Porsche. He's off at turn eight. There may have been an incident with the number 96 BMW because that car's gone off in the same part of the circuit as well on what would be their last lap. Tom Blomqvist confirmed second place for MSR and Acura. And we're just waiting for Ricky Taylor to come across the line. Whilst we wait for that, let's hear from the man who started two hours and 40 minutes ago on the front row of the grid by himself, Matt Campbell. Well, I asked him a couple days ago if Road America was his favorite track in North America. Now three times a winner at this venue. He's congratulating all of the people behind the scenes as right he should. Matty, three times a winner here. Is it now officially your favorite track? Uh, yeah, definitely is up there, that's for sure. I mean, uh, phenomenal day. First win in uh, IMSA and GDP, so 
finally got the ticket off. We've been uh, fast, I feel like, on quite a few occasions, but luck's never been our side, and today we've just executed perfectly. So, uh, yeah, thank you to all of Porsche Penske Motorsport, and nice to finally get one on the board after a tough year. What was the thinking on the two-tire stop instead of four? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously quite hard to, to be able to get tyre um, temperature here, and it's really tough, so just to try and, you know, minimise the, the time lost out of the pits. Congrats. Thank you. Very interesting, yeah. keeping the heat in the right-hand side. Tyres continuing with GTP, fourth position to Renga von der Zander and the 0-1 gold-fronted Cadillac racing car. Brilliant fifth position for the number five, Timon van der Helm bringing that car home after a pretty feisty first run from Mike Rockenfeller. They're getting their heads around that car and they are becoming a force to be reckoned with. Cadillac in fifth position for the Paul Sitting car, sixth for the Mathieu Jaminet finished car, the number six that uh, Nick Tandy started, and the 59 of Harry Tinknell getting to the end. And all of those... All of those top eight cars on the lead lap at the end. So Harry Tink yep. Tinknell did stay on the lead lap. Ship. Well, I know it's not your birthday this time, Ian James, but you still got a win at Road America. It's the first time on the podium for either Ross or uh, Alex. What do you think about taking him to the top step? Yeah, I mean, amazing to do two in a row like we have. And, uh, you know, out here supporting Ch uh, Seattle Children's Hospital makes us so proud. But, you know, it, it just shows you put other teams under pressure and they make mistakes and uh, and we are on the top spot. Harder racing strikes again. Congrats. Thank you. In the classes, LMP2 wins a win with Paul Loop Shatton finishing off some very good work uh, from Ben Keating earlier on, who really had the hurry up in the opening laps, the 35 of uh, TDS Racing, Guido van der Garde. What a week it's been from them in second and third for Mikkel Jensen in their second car. Both of those cars rebuilt. And the two cars that I mentioned have, I think, run out of fuel. The 96 Turner Motorsport car is out of fuel. Uh, and either it's slowing down, like it might not have even got to the chequered flag, just checking the timing and scoring. And... Uh, that car stranded out on the far side of the circuit coming down towards the kink. And I also think that the... Uh, Went onto the Lexus right at the end as well. Yeah, that one Number dropped right away. Car. Dropped right away, Jeremy. Good call. Yeah. Still finished second in class yeah. uh, ahead of the Corvette because of that late race penalty. Um, but drop Ben Barnicott dropping well back uh, from Ross Gunn. But... Uh, that was an odd one because they had been running well and getting good fuel mileage. In LMP3, Josh Burden brought home the winner, the Riley number 74 from the 33. Ligier in second, and AWA in the 13, and the Duquesne gets third position. GTD Pro, we've just heard from the Heart of Racing from the Lexus number 14 and the Chevy Corvette. And in GTD, pretty much a lights to flag victory. GTD winner. BMW, Paul Miller Racing from Frederick Schandorf and the rest of the Inception team. That's half the races this year uh, have been won by Paul Miller Racing. Third, by the way, the Lamborghini of Kortov, the Lamborghini, the Mercedes of Kortov Racing and Mikhail Grenier. And our BDO Nose Strategy Award going to the number five Porsche 963 
of JDC Miller Motorsport getting their head around there. That car has barely been in their hands. They've done zero testing with that car. They come home in fifth position and uh, only around about half a minute away from standing uh, on the podium. So they will be getting a very, very lovely trophy uh, from BDO here uh, in the next few weeks or so. Let's get back quickly to Shea and see uh, if we can grab a bit more atmosphere. That was a cracker, Shea, and what a victory for Porsche Penske Motorsport. We didn't oh. expect that at the start of the week. No, we didn't. Fantastic job by them, and especially to come back and fire back and prove, hey, we can do anything the sister car can do as well. That is magnificent. Did you say it was uh, Paul Upshata and Ben Keating who won in LMP2? Indeed so. Alright, I've just spotted Paul Loop, so let me walk over to him, because this is his second win in North American racing, the first of which was the uh, 24 hours of Daytona, so I'll give him a second to pull his helmet off. He's literally just climbed out of the car. It looks almost perfect. You didn't even dent it up or scratch it or anything. It's it's perfect for the boys. And now it is a race winner. And yeah, one of the few cars that we can say is still good enough to go back on the track. Paulo, congratulations on another win. How difficult was it today? Thank you very much. Uh, you know, it was it was a very nice race. Uh, ben did, as always, an incredible job. He gave me the car in the best position as possible and on the team also did the great strategy so I fight for during the first team to to stay on the lead and uh, after thanks to the strategy of the team I just have to to finish the job at the end and so at the end I took no risk at all just to bring back the car in one piece and it's what we achieved so I'm really proud of the team. Congratulations puts you in the championship lead too. Thank you very much. Jeremy Shaw doing a little bit of arithmetic at the moment and we'll pick up uh, some of the uh, championship standings when we get to Michelin Post Race Tech, which follows us on IMSA Radio. Well, what a race. Jeremy, quick note at the top of the GTP field uh, before we sign off from here. I think we've got a new championship leader. Uh, and it's not the car that was in second place because that was a BMW that had problems. It was the car that was in third place. Ricky Taylor and Philip Albuquerque yet to win a race this season, but coming home here today with a third place finish. Unofficially, they have 2171, 2171 points, and that would put them six ahead of Pipa Durrani and Alexander Sims. Uh, we'll pick up the rest of the championship points in Michelin Post Race Tech. Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam and John Hindorf signing off for our World Feed TV. Thanks very much to the technical staff here uh, at uh, Road America and indeed our colleagues at NASCAR Productions up in Charlotte. Uh, we'll hand the PA back to Eric Miller and the rest of the team for the post-race formalities with a reminder that we've still to race at VIR in the old GT meeting at Indianapolis where we have a four-hour Michelin Pilot Challenge into the gloaming and then, of course, the 10-hour Motul Petit Le Mans at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Don't miss a minute of it. Don't miss a millimetre of it. It'll all be here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.